game 10 pounds eating the red and the green M&M, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so quick with all Stop it up today. How you brothers been for the week, man? Oh, we've been good. We've been good. 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 Yeah. good. We can't, we can't ignore the ratings. I mean, this light skin thing is working for me. And I heard it. Where do we start? Yo, 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 what's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome back to Let's Chop It Up. Files on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Like and subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend about these four brothers on this YouTube channel. And if anybody that's trying to make comments, you have to log into YouTube to make the comments. I think you have to log into your Facebook, too, to make those comments. So, my brothers from another mother, welcome back to another week with you guys. Man, we got a special show tonight. We got two guests tonight. We have some fun tonight, man. But let me see what's going on, my brother. Derek, talk to me, man. How you been, man? Man, I've been exceptional, my brother. Um, it's just been an exceptional seven days for me, man. It started with my anniversary on Thursday. Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Amazing 14 years with my lovely wife, man, who I love, 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 love dearly. And um and um and completely and I spent a lot of time with her. Obviously, spent time with my family. It was also an exceptional weekend. It was also her birthday. Uh, she turned fifty this year. Gemini right. season, baby. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and she and we had an amazing time. I kicked her out of a plane. All right, that's what she wanted. I saw <laughs> that. Yeah, <laughs> I missed that. How the hell I missed that? Listen, she, you gotta look she, it up. It's on social media, brother. I'm, I'm yeah, gonna get on it. I'm gonna get on she it. went skydiving, man. Skydiving. Shout out Long Island Skydiving Center out there in Shirley. All right. Why you, yeah. why you didn't go, Derek? Because my big ass is too damn big and ornery and hard back to be getting up there, and they were not gonna take it. They were not having it. Because if something go wrong, I'm dropping like a stone, bro. Can't yeah. nobody catch me, man. <laughs> I, yeah, I had tickets to do it. And yeah. people don't realize it's a weight requirement, it and I did not, and I did not meet the rate requirement. Where, what's, right. the, what's the biggest you could be? Two twenty-five. I'm, so I'm gonna say it. I'm no, gonna I'm say not, it. No, huh? I don't want to say it. No, huh? you said it. I didn't say it. Two forty-five. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, this don't this don't apply to Rodney. He's light as a feather, but I'm talking about myself. Now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice I'm, try, Derek. Yeah, my big ass was a little bit too big, man. You know, so they they said no, not you, sir. Sit your ass over there in the corner and <laughs> act like you got some sense. Yeah. So um, you know, so yeah. But other than that, man, I probably been up would have been up there with her, man. You know, my I love my wife. She's so adventurous and fun, and we do that. Uh, we we try to have um experiences as much as possible. Um, so for her 50th, we definitely had to do something. I've been scuba diving before. I think I want to go scuba diving back. I think I want to go back scuba diving. You know what I mean? That was a lot of fun too. So, mm. um, and there's no rate requirement for that. You know what I mean? So, um, Derek, so, is there anything y'all like to do that don't involve dying? Y'all like anything? Just the movies? Yeah, and- we like to <laughs> scuba dive. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix and chill, a little bit of cable, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, man. You know, no, what? that's hot though. You know what my wife, my wife told me, man, before we got together, she said, "Listen, if you don't like experiences, if you don't like to travel." This ain't gonna work. So um, and so you know, I, I was like, okay, that's cool. So we'll never be bored. You know what I mean? I hear that. Yeah. So we yeah. so we enjoyed, we enjoyed that. Um. Oh, and then I went there and got parasailing too. That's right. We also went parasailing. We've been parasailing too. Um. And, and again, enjoy more time with my family as well. My sons. We went to. Uh, we enjoyed. 
um, what do we enjoy? What was it called it the other uh, the Blue Angels? Ah, shout out, Dean. How you doing? Um, we we went to sort of Blue Angels, you know what I mean, in the air show down on uh, on uh, on on at Jones Beach, and then later on that night we went to our pro wrestling match now here in Long Island. Uh, shout out Pro Wrestling Academy out here in Long Island and Deer Park. So the little kid in me was going wee the whole weekend, <laughs> and a uh, little seven year old Derek was very very happy. You know, so um, so yeah, it was a good weekend with me, man, and and I'm very full, and I'm grateful, man, to be back here with you fellas to share some of it and enjoy this good conversation like we you know, always do. You, you know, know what's so crazy? They call it pro wrestling, but it's all it's all scripted. Correct. Yeah. 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 You know what, man? It reminds That's crazy. me. Crazy. Yeah, it's like a combination of uh, soap opera and the circus or something. You know what I mean? That's, That's what good. I mean, like, That's yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. But the regular yeah. wrestling, the amateur wrestling, would be boring to go actually see. I would think. But Derek, let me ask you this question really quick. Um, I went to South Africa once, and they were doing this excursion where you could go in the cage with the great whites. Is that something y'all would have done or no. would do? <laughs> y'all wouldn't do. Y'all wouldn't, do. Nah. Y'all wouldn't go you under. You can't tell a great white to sit, stay still. No. <laughs> no, listen. That's a great white. That's the clear. That's a great white. That is uh, yeah, but you ain't still cage. Animal, they sure just now. take you down, Derek, so you can be <laughs> nah, close okay. to them. No, no, I'm good. I'm good, brother. I'm good. That's white people. That's white people shit. That's white people. Listen, we was doing. Listen, we was doing. You don't do shit like that. Listen, it was. It was a few. There you go. Okay, yeah. There was a few of us doing uh skydiving though. We saw we saw a couple of us out there skydiving, bro. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's cool shit. But that with the shark see. That dangerous animal shit. That's white people shit. No. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Wait, jumping out the plane is. I mean, to me, it's tomato, tomato. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, but listen, listen. We black Ooh. people for years. We ain't run up on no stray dogs. In the seventies, eighties, all these dogs running around here in Queens. That's not run up on no stray dog. <laughs> no. That's white people shit. We run up on stray dogs. Definitely run up on the dirt. Things are white people shit. I mean, you just yeah. get into that skydiving shit. It's kind of different for yeah. us, but fuck yeah, with animals. We don't do that shit. We don't fuck with no random. You don't get you don't get in a cage in the water with no great white shark. I don't even I don't even fuck with Shark Week yeah. on TV. I don't even with, yeah, I don't even watch that. You know, but the no. thing is, like I used to watch when I used to watch like documentaries and stuff like that, they would have like they try to tag the great white sharks and, and label them and then they do experiment. I seen one where they even try to take the great white sperm. And I said, "See, this is too much." You know, <laughs> I, I, I had to, I had to change the channel. Yeah, you got to change the channel. You'll, yeah. you'll we'll see the white. You'll, the we'll thing is, I want to know sperm. why you want this great white sperm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what do you want that for? What are you going to do with that? They might mix it with white people to make because they're not populating. So they say this is white. I don't know. Oh man! Yeah, what's going on, though, Rob? Man, let's talk to me, man. What's going on with you, though, Rob? Man, what's uh, happening, brother? Tell you the truth, it's not that much really going on with me this week. You know, I've been. I'm going to make a confession on the show today. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm nervous, and I've been staying in house. And this, there's two reasons why I'm staying in house, and I'm not moving around too much. I'm hiding from inflation. That's number one. <laughs> That motherfucker outside for real. Looking in the bushes, man. Correct. Correct. I'm ducking him like I owe him money. I don't want to fuck with inflation. I don't want to talk to him. I don't even want to see him. That motherfucker inflation is Debo. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's not on a bike this time. He's on a motorcycle. But um, the other thing is. People, people are going crazy, man. It's just crazy out here. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to Home Depot, and a guy tried to start a fight with me in the parking lot. Word. Oh man, I, I couldn't believe it. 
Over what? I'm sitting in my car in the parking lot at Home Depot, and I'm on the phone, and he's walking past the car, but at a distance, and all of a sudden, he goes like this, because now my windows are up. He goes, and I'm looking at him, and then I look the other way to see if he's talking to somebody on the other side of my car, and then he throws his arms out. He says, I'm talking to you. And I rolled my window down. I said, you, you, you okay? He goes, yeah, why you, why you talking to me? Why you looking at me? I have no business with you. Why you looking at me? And I just was caught off guard because now I'm like, this guy is trying to start a fight with me. So I told him maybe it might be best if you go around the corner and find the easier fight because if I get out of this car, it's going to be crazy. You know, I said, dude, I don't know what your problem is, but I'm not looking for no problems. But if you're going to, if you want a problem, you came to the right store. I'm running a sale. <laughs> I can't laugh around Yeah, I'm running a kick-ass sale this week. And if you if you're looking for a sale, like, this is the right store. But I can't believe how people are just losing their yeah. mind. Yeah. Losing their minds. Yeah. I mean, literally yeah. sitting in the car on the phone. And the person I was talking to, they were like, What was that about? I said, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. And you know something? She's right. It wasn't yeah. Home Depot. Home Depot. Yeah, exactly. and it's, it was one of those guys that you go to pick up if you want some labor. That's who it was. Oh my Burn. god! Yeah, you right. You were sitting in the car. You must have been. Oh, out. Yeah. Now, wow. be honest. Wow. Freeport is bad, but Hempstead is worse too. Nah, ain't nothing worse than fucking uh, Merrick Boulevard. You right. I was with there with Jamie Father when a dude pulled out a gun on a dude. Hey, Shauna. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you something. I was in there during the pandemic. First pandemic first started going on when we first started opening back up. I'm walking in Home Depot. I'm in with headphones on, okay? And dude is like, and he waving at me. And, and I, brother, I'm like, because I'm thinking the headphones is a sign that I'm not like trying to, I don't work here and I'm not trying to talk to nobody. I, I'm like, what's going on? My name is Jealousy. I said, all right. <laughs> Cause, cause, yo, <laughs> you you can't rationalize with crazy. Like, his yeah. like, I, for whatever reason, I needed to know his name was jealousy. Like, everybody in the store, I oh, needed man. to know his name was jealousy, and I got headphones on. So, shout out to jealousy wherever he at right now. Yeah. But I said all that with Rodney's experience and my experience. We just never gonna get anywhere. It's really getting it's really getting different out here. People are just um, people are different. They're just really different. You know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things out when I do go out and about, which I'm going to start staying inside more because, like I said, I'm scared. I'm nervous. The gas and is high. I, and gas is too high. I'm hiding from inflation. I don't want to deal with nobody, you know, <laughs> but, but I want to know, Kelvin, other than that, how was your week? First of all, if I was Rod, I'd stay in because Rod got Dave and Buster's over there at that at that house. I can't front. It's like <laughs> that house is first of all. The other thing, other than that, everything is good, man. I mean, um, I had an idea. I was going over, I was talking to my insurance agent for my homeowner's insurance. And you know, when when you gotta re-up or whatever you gotta do, they start discussing your coverages, right? And the lady was talking about, you know. If somebody breaks in your house or there's some damage on your property, then it dawned on me. I said, "Do y'all cover Red Bull machines?" <laughs> I never, I never, I never thought to ask that. <laughs> Wait a minute, what do you mean? I said, "Cause I had a Red Bull machine on the property, 
and it's no longer on the property because of the natives. But I'm sure you already know that, miss. And, you know, looking at my zip code. And then so I was like, she says, um, um, yeah, well, you know, not for commercial use. I said, oh, no, it wasn't in use. Oh no no no! The natives ain't gonna let it use. No, no, the natives have them. They gotta take them for scrap metal, so no, it can't be used. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she was like, "Yeah, did you take a police report?" I was like, "I didn't," because I just assumed it was gone. So she's like, "You'd have to get a police report." So that's what I did. I called the police and I told them my Red Bull machine was stolen. Um, they want to know exactly when it was. I don't really recall that. All I know it was stolen. You know, I don't know exactly when it was stolen. But um, I'm gonna keep y'all posted on that because I'm putting in a claim for that Red Bull machine. I've been wow. for months. That's well, right. Is, is there extra? Is there extra coverage? Coverage that you could take out for an incident? Incidents involving natives? Oh, see, you know what's? It's so it funny that you say that, Rod. I wanted. I gotta propose this tonight, and if anybody wants to invest. I, you know, they have great adventures. I came up with something called Native Ventures. And what Native Ventures is this, you get to go out, deal like this, you get to uh, shoot fireworks all the time of the night. They, they keep, you can you get, you get, um, block somebody's driveway. Um, I mean, any, anything you want to do, but you get to do it for 24 hours in Native And that's, Native Ventures is going to be the new thing. So, so, so I'm, I'm I'm working on the native coverages because it's a big liability, you know, when it comes to natives. You know, you gather natives around, stuff like that. And then the other thing is this. Whichever time you're supposed to be there, just come whatever time you want. And that's native bitches. So, so I'll let you know about the coverages. Can I, can I throw trash on somebody's lawn, too, bro? Just, yeah. I feel like I do that? That's why I want y'all to invest. Everybody oh, has ideas. Oh, wow. It's, wow. It's, 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 Derek said a minute ago, it's an experience. You know what I'm saying? It's more that you don't want to do once, but it's an experience. <laughs> y'all wouldn't get this nowhere else. Oh man, everything's cool, man. It's first day back to work was today. Um, via Zoom, I didn't know you have to get um, what you call medical clearance to get on Zoom, so I gotta go back to the doctor tomorrow to get a <laughs> I'm like, on Zoom, I'm not even doing nothing, I'm just standing here. Like, now you gotta get clearance. I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm gonna take my day off tomorrow. I'm just gonna give me a goddamn. <laughs> Y'all want to pay me to go to? Y'all want to pay me to go to doctor? I'll go to doctor. So I'm okay. like, fuck it. Yeah, See, man, but shit just getting crazy out here. Just crazy. Like yo, for Zoom, I said, damn Zoom, but it's all right. I mean, it's cool. I mean, it's happy that doctors, everything's going to right. We'll get my my, my get becoming a slim thug. So it's like, um, it's all right, man. I'm down like 48 pounds. Got these fucking man boobs now, man. So anybody got any trainers out there? That I'm listen. Don't send me no trainers. Way in Long Island, gas like Roddy said, gas through goddamn high. I go, wow. I go to Crunch and Rochdale. <laughs> That's it. You need to find a trainer that lives on your block. Word up, man. I don't fuck anybody. I might use YouTube to train me. I'm not going to fall. See me a trainer. I can start July 1st. I need to lose it. And otherwise, I'm going to take this out. This fat out. I'm going to get it sucked out. And I'm going to be skinny as motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> my shirts look funny as fuck, man. My neck, my BDBs. When I wear a V-neck, my BDBs is all showing I'm that's all right. That's all right. Dude, this is your summer, brother. This is your yeah, summer. Man. Yeah. I, I know, like Ronnie said, I don't get inflation because I can't eat much. So I haven't yeah. spent no money. I haven't been out to a restaurant forever. Oh, so I got my money looking all right right now. Like, shame. Yeah. How much I spent on eating and shit like that. That's a good look. I can't front. Yeah, it's, it's real out here. Yep. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, yeah, it's I'm crazy. trying to tell you. 
Yeah, so but everything's good, man. Everything's good, man. I'm happy to be with you guys, man. You know, absolutely. yeah, definitely good to be back with the crew. Some yeah. jokes right. and shit. So I'm waiting for my man Jamie to give me the signal on when to bring Rudy Russian tonight. But uh, we're gonna talk about some things. But um, say Jamie, let me know what we're gonna do because I'm trying to buy some time here, brother man from the motherland. But anyway, <laughs> Kelvin, what else is going on in the native? Yo, land? oh, we're going to bring him on. Okay. There you go. That's that's what we segue in. You told me to hold on, but here we go. So Monique and Dale Hughley, for those who don't know, got into a crazy heated argument over a contract dispute of who's supposed to be headlined, who's supposed to get paid the most, and those other stuff. Monique says some off-brand crazy topic shit about Dale Hughley. If you didn't get to see it, please go check it out. And then Dale Hughley smacked back yesterday with a very educated, educational comment and thought, and I loved it. But anyhow, we, we got our favorite comedian to come, and he want to weigh in on the subject today. Jamie, without further ado, bringing the man Rudy Rush. Double R. What's up, fellas? Oh, there you go. Back in that fucking tub. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. D, for two seconds, I thought you were Sherry Shepard because you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your your head don't match your body, son. (laughs) Looking like Star Jones out this. I said, yo, what happened to my man? Yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Fat Luther. Come on. <laughs> oh, man, y'all got me on today. He's on fire tonight. Oh, yeah. Rudy all swole over there, man. Look at Rudy. Man. Uh, nah, man, I gotta lose some weight, too, man. I, you talk about the man boobs. I don't know. <laughs> What's good, fellas? Good. You know everything's good, man. Everything's good, man. Good to see you, Rudy. Good to see you, man. You too, bro. Rudy, is, is, is comedy the new rap? What's the what's the deal? Yo, I'm waiting to get my deal. I'm trying to go for G Unit G Unit comedy series. <laughs> hey, I've been wanting to check comedians for a long time, so now I think I'm getting a little aggressive. You know what I'm saying? But no, I think uh, you know, as as good and as bad as it is, it's, it's it's definitely put a light on comics that sometimes you don't want, but sometimes you know it's good to stir up the the pot a little bit to have some controversy. So, you know, Chris Rock ticket sales went up. Now with this, I'm sure DL and uh, Monique and their respective, uh, you know, fan bases, they'll they'll booster up their ticket sales and do things on their own. But, yeah, it's a crazy situation. I, I, I'm friends with both of them. I'm more friends with, with Monique because she's like, you know, like a sister to me. And I just hate the fact that much like Kyrie Irving, every time that they go through something, all of the past events get drug in. So when this when once this popped off, I was even myself like, come on, Mo, he gotta let it go. Mm-hmm. But 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 then she's a person who you know who does it much like a like I said like a Kyrie Irving. But you know once they lift the mandate and he's able to play at home in a way, now all of a sudden it's all good. You you did your thing, you stood your ground because she was proven right at first because you know they tried to blackball her without right. without even trying to like you know show like you know they try to push it to the side. She proved she was right. So in this case, you know, she was on a, I think she did a live today with her husband and they talked about there were other things that were happening prior to this all coming into this big uh, uh, mushroom cloud. So they had some beef, underlying beef prior to this. And she mentioned what it was. I think he made some comments about her husband and things of that nature. That's why she went on his in on his family and things like that. It was, oh, okay. it was just crazy. Yeah, you gotta watch. You gotta watch her IG live. I think it's still up. If not, I can get you guys the link. All right. Oh, okay. gotcha. Yeah, I was 
Now I was I'm and I feel you right, Rudy. I was definitely uh, a Monique supporter uh in the beginning and I still am. You know what I mean? I can kind of dig where she's coming from on a lot of levels. Um but like you just said, man, you got to know when to kind of stop fighting. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can't go hard 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 all the time. There's a time yeah. to take your win, you prove your point, you will right now you got to kind of fall back a little bit and, yes. just, and just let things marinate, man. And you got to know mm-hmm. when to cut it, man. You yeah, can't charge yeah. ahead all the time, you know? And this is where, <clears throat> and this is where I think my sister may have took a misstep. Forget what happened with DL Hughley. She was just at the Hollywood Bowl not too long ago with a show with a bunch of other stars. And I asked how the show was, and she was going in on the old school situation. So, so that lets you know right there, she's not really focused on being Monique anymore, being the one who's, you know, one of the funniest females in yeah, America, yeah. Fit, funniest comics when she when she was at her height. Jeez. She's like a Samoa. She mm-hmm. could she could hoop with the fellas. Mm-hmm. So so you know, I think going back and touching in touching on that Lee Daniels and Oprah stuff, like she brings that stuff up on her show. So let's take DL out of the equation for just a second. You know, just like like D said, it's like yo, you you gotta let that go. You gotta be funny. But now there's a situation with the two of you. Now you bring it on stage. So it's like, it's something that everybody's going to think that that's all you want to do is start controversy. So yeah, I'm I'm a Monique fan, but I think she kind of like, she's going to put herself in a bad position because now nobody's going to want to work with her on film and on comedy stages. So I don't know what's going to happen. Do you think she just caters to a certain kind of demographic of women? There ain't some angry ones out there. <laughs> <laughs> Women be angry for no reason. But no, no. Yeah, they love her. No, no. But they, they love her because I love her too. Because honestly, you know, it's much like Dame Dash. I, I'm a Harlem cat and I love Dame Dash, but you see how crazy they make those people seem. And I'm I'm worried about that part because you know we get so blindfolded by society and all the images that they show us, they can feed us a message. Yo, Dame did more good than he did bad, and he's still not doing so bad. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, much like a Kanye, much like a you know, like a Kyrie, they make the people who speak out and I'll be half because when I say I'll be half, it's most of us got the same gripes they got, and they just make them seem to be crazy. So like they, you know, they make Monique right now seem like she that's all she wants to do is like fight and complain. Yeah. Rudy, let me let me ask you this question. What is the story with the headline? What is the protocol? Because I, there was an issue with, remember, we talked about the thing with Godfrey and T.I. going on after him and stuff. So what is the difference between the actual closer of the show? Because a lot of times you guys have big people on your own shows. So mm-hmm. how do you determine who closes the show? And is it an issue if somebody is just as popular as you on the show? Well, you know, I come from the DMX uh, train of thought. I headline whenever I go on. If I go on first, I'm the headliner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the mentality that you have to have. But once you get to a certain stature, of course, it really relates to the money. And so usually the person who, who's getting the highest paycheck is the person who is, is destined to close the show. Not all the time, because I remember with the Kings of Comedy, I believe Steve was the highest paid, but they had to take his role from being a headliner to being the host of the show. And uh, they brought DL on, who wasn't on originally. They had Guy Tory and Damon Williams was hosting. And then Steve was actually headlining. But, you know, Bernie and Sed were killing it so so crazy 
that they had to just kind of switch up a bit. So sometimes you could be the highest paid as the host, depending on where you are. But for the most part, when we go do a show, it's already understood the headline is the person who's getting paid the most or who is destined when they call you, especially when you're at a status of, of DL and Monique, you kind of ask for those things. You say, well, am I closing the show or I need to close the show? If that's something that you ask for, which it seems to be clear on Monique's part that she asked for that, then she should have, that's, that's something she, she should have taken up with the promoter. But instead, because of the underlying beef, and she thought maybe he was being a little salty, a little shady, because that happens too. A lot of comics, you know, let me, I ain't coming too late, or let me do this. They, you know, there's a lot of shady business that goes on in, at these comedy shows and comics trying to get on before the other one because they're scared to go on after the, it, it flip-flops. It's not just a headliner thing. It's just a positioning thing. Stay in a position that, and they both should have been told ahead of time who was headlining that. That's, nobody's asking that question. Who, right. who were you told was going on? Were you told you were going on last or were you told you were going on last? Now, right. if they both were told the same story, then it's the promoter. But if DL knew he was going on before her, then he wrong. Can a promoter set the order? Absolutely. You paying the money. Mm. Is this is this written in, in a contract? Is set on in set in paper? Yeah, a lot of the times it is. I think if you saw some of the documents that DL kind of posted, it said that this person, had, I've never seen it written up like that, that I have to be the headliner and I have to be paid the most or whatever. Like, I mean, it's just understood sometimes. But so yeah. one, was a deal, one was a deal agreement, one was a contract. One had like a disagreement and then one had an actual contract. Oh, okay. That's what it looked like. So, so I don't know. The promoter probably fucked that whole thing up. And then yeah, you know, most promoters they come from a place where they just, you know, they they take some money that they got from a car accident. Shit. <laughs> oh man, I'm about to come up. But nah, <laughs> it, it all depends on the situation. But yeah, you you know, and 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 just like men with women and women with men, people lie to everybody. They tell two people the same thing. Yeah. They both probably told them both, like, I just want to get both of y'all. So in order to get both of them, they probably could have promised both of them a headliner spot. And they said, well, we'll work it out when we get there. They make it. I'm giving them both 20000 30000 each. Why are they going to come? That's what they think. But these people make money like that all the time. So it really matters to them. So that's probably something that, that happened that, that you know, and then it exploded with Monique going in on DL. Yo, I got to give. I got to give DL. Uh, big ups for because after she roasted him, he had to go still on stage. That, got, that, that, that gotta be hard, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, mean, I don't know if that ever happened to you, somebody you ever had beef with before, Rudy, and then you came on and still nah, had to do nah, I do push ups, they don't mess with me too much. <laughs> <laughs> I just be on it like, Yo, you we good? I put my hand in people's chest, you good? No, no, Rudy. He just said, I'm like, All right, yeah, yeah. Rudy, 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 you, you, add, you add a little, you, you add a little extra pressure when you put on the chest. That's it, that's all you gotta do because you want to. Feel your heartbeat. Like, yo, yeah. What you say about me on stage? You said something. You said my joke. They be like, come on, bro. No, bro. <laughs> when it comes to the business, they have like, let's say you'll see a show at the Barclay or something like that. It look like they'll put fifteen comics on there. Is it? Is it a thing where sometimes it's too like they just stack everybody? I don't know if they want everybody, uh, respective uh, fan base, to come for an arena show. But sometimes it seems like they just. Put, uh, I mean, a lot of comics on. Is that sometimes a thing with you where you don't want to be on with, with too many people? Is there a limit that you'd like? Yeah, for me, I think a show that, that's pretty good, a good flowing show, has at the most four people, maybe five. If the host is, you know, work their salt, they could do their thing and then have four people come on and it goes flawlessly. Like I just did a show in D.C. with Tony Roberts, uh, the kid uh, from social media, Ryan Davis, the young lady from Chicago, Just Niche. And I was on the show with 
Royale Watkins as the host. It was perfect. It, we did two shows. They were great shows. I think when they do something at the Barclay, they take advantage of a city like New York that people were just going to come in droves regardless. They want to get out. You know, New York was one of the places hardest hit by the pandemic. So when when they when you say we outside, you know, New York is outside for real. So you're going to put in, in, to, in order to have a show of a certain caliber, you got to fill all of it. For the Barclays to be full, you got to put 18,000 people in their fan base in there. Mm -hmm. So that's why you get shows like that. It, it rarely happens around the country unless there's a festival in Los Angeles. you got some big names or something like that. But I've never seen anything like what you're talking about with, like, Rick, Rick Michaels and all of these cats. Like, wait, wait, you don't even get on that at Caroline's. How you get on at Barclays? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't even get a weekend at Caroline's. So, like, you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of comics that you haven't seen and shout out to T.I., by the way. I heard you mention him earlier. He got booed. But you know what? He's a real comic now because he was talking about it in Atlanta a few weeks later. And that's the best thing you can do is just get it out of the system and keep treasure. So I, I, I'm with T.I. Right did he do okay when he went to Atlanta and did it? Nah, he was excellent. He went on. I think he went on. I was hosted. So he went on right before, I believe, I brought Bill Bellamy on. And he did really good. He talked about his life, things that people knew about. He was self-deprecating. It was it was everything that you want a comic to be. He he was like, you know, he said some funny stuff. Like he was looking in the audience, everybody. He said he never been booed by 20,000 people. He said, and his wife was out there booing him too. He, that was like, you know, like a little spice on. It was funny. So people really uh, you know, sympathized with it and laughed with him. He was able to laugh at himself because he's usually a, a really serious cat. I met him on several occasions, and I wasn't I wasn't quite sure as a man. How you know, like you know how we are. Like you see somebody, like I'm gonna stay away from this cat because I'm not sure he, his energy is not right for dudes. You know what I'm saying? Like he, so, but now that he's doing comedy, he's understanding a lot of different things. So yeah, I give him props. He's gonna be good if he continues to you know keep doing it. I think he's gonna yeah, do maybe well. he should, maybe he should get a writer or two. Like yeah, he could because he could afford it. You know, but you know, like but so it, writing is so difficult. You got to really watch somebody. So he's got to really establish himself as a comic first before he can actually get somebody to write for him. Or he might be somebody who who could just take a joke and just make it into something funny. But I'm not sure. I'm just speaking from my own perspective. Rudy, what do you think about this culture of people storming the stage now? What do you think about? Um, I mean, I, I guess with Dave Chappelle obviously being tackled, are, are you concerned when you're on stage now? Or is there a different uh, heightened awareness with uh, the room now where you're at or your, your material? No, I'm not really concerned because sometimes, like for me, my material is not based upon banter back and forth with the crowd. So I really don't get into a one on one. If I do, I try to handle it with security right off top. If, I, if it's somebody who's out of control. But if it were to happen, like let's just say somebody stormed and I didn't, the only thing I would be upset about is I didn't see him coming. I don't want to be caught like, and then the, <laughs> you know, I don't want that to happen. I'm not too much afraid of my personal. You do push ups. Yeah, I do push. I'm ready. Like, I'll be like, you know, I ain't on no MMA. I box and everything like that. But I'm not, I, you know, like I'm an older gentleman though, because I'm 48. So I really got two fights left, and I kind of save them for my kids. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to save them. I got two good swings left, and I got a bad ankle. I don't know what's going to happen after that. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to save my two fights. So please, if you come to my show, stay your ass in your seat. Yeah. <laughs> and this is all special effects. <laughs> this is just a little bit naked when you make making love to your lady. All this is. That's the only reason why I do push-ups now. Man, we gotta get Rudy as fucking. We need a TV special with Rudy. <laughs> <laughs> a TV special with this motherfucker. Oh man! Nah, we we yeah. can find him. We can find him a role in um Slave Ghost. 
Yeah, we oh, yeah, got a new we, got <laughs> we got a project in the works. Yeah, that is hilarious. But no, it it, it look it looks like right now, you know, obviously what happened with at the Oscars and stuff like that. That I don't know if this, you know, comedy it, it, it's it's supposed to be the world's toy store. That's where you go to. I mean, yeah. you yeah. go to have fun, and I don't know what. But I guess the temperature of the world is so different now. There's this anger just permeating. So it is, it is. And it's funny, like, you know, like just like this story with DL and, and Monique, and you say you got to kind of peel back the layers and see how, how far it goes. I'll tell you all the funny story. I was just in Ohio hanging out with Dave Chappelle, Don, Donnell Rollins. Shout out to those dudes. We was out in Yellow Springs doing some shows out there for Memorial Day weekend. And it's just funny how cats just pop out in the cornfield. I don't know how the hell that happened, but I guess he was he was performing about maybe 40 minutes away. Marlon Wayans pops up in this little spot that we just have in this little, you know, the speakeasy little after spot where, where Dave has in his hometown. It was dope. So, you know, just imagine being in a, in a little room, I mean, like a shed, and then you got a DJ, you got Chappelle in there, you got Rudy Rush, you got Donnell Rollins, and then Marlon Wayans coming. We all just reminiscing. But this young lady who went to the show, she said something that was really, really something like – so everybody's all about Chris Rock getting smacked by Will Smith. Well, Marlon is telling a story during his set now that he, he had stopped doing comedy for almost 20 years. When he first started, he was 18. See, a lot of us remember Marlon just kind of got into comedy because he was doing all those movies and stuff like that. But the thing that stopped him from doing comedy 20 years ago, that Chris Rock was in the audience and literally heckled and booed him. from, from And, it, and it, it sent him into this like septic kind of shock to make him not want to get on stage anymore. I think that's a horrible thing for a comic to do to another comedian. I mean, sure. it's one thing for an idiot who don't know no better, but it's another thing for someone who, especially if it's someone who was your colleague and at the time Chris Rock was a made guy, for him to do that, it it, it, it fast forwards to the point like, yeah, it, it may have been time for somebody to step to you in, in, <laughs> in, 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 a, in an orderly or disorderly fashion. You know what I mean? So mm. I don't know. And you know what's so weird about that? Chris Rock comes from the Eddie Murphy tree. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy and Keenan been friends since they were teenagers. So you would think there'd be some level of loyalty, but it, apparently it just doesn't work like that. Nah, sometimes there's jealousy. There's, I mean, I could, I could go down the line of dudes that I'm cool with now, but when I started doing things like Showtime at the Apollo, maybe pulling up to the club with a convertible Mercedes Benz off the showroom floor. <laughs> you, you get treated a little different. You know what I'm saying? So the people who you thought was your homies, you know, they kind of get a little jealous. And I and I think that maybe at the time, Chris wasn't popping until he did Bigger and Blacker. He was in his 30s when he did that. So him and Marlon are not far in age. So maybe he was a young dude, just jealous. I don't know what it was, but what would make him do that? But but it just lends to the, the idea that Chris Rock kind of picks scabs until somebody right. it boils over. And something like that happens with Will Smith, who was going through the ultimate disrespect that any black yeah. man has ever gone through in the in the history of social media oh, ever. You can you it. can't tell me that wasn't the worst. <laughs> so so you get that dude, and you trying to you trying to pick that pimple. Right. When that joint pop, you see all kinds of pus and blood. You like, hey, you got a frog in there? <laughs> 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 Everything. No, Rudy, I'm gonna I'll tell you this. I'll, let me let me say this. I I don't believe that stand-up necessarily can be learned by people. I think the mechanics can be learned, but I don't think certain people are stand-ups. I think Keenan is a stand-up. I think Damon is a stand-up. I don't think Marlon is a stand-up, and I don't think Sean is a stand-up. And they hosted the MTV Awards one time, 
yeah. And it was the word. It was it was painful. I mean, and I can't even find it on YouTube. I can't. I think they had to take it down. But and I wouldn't ask you to comment on it. I'm just saying I don't really think. I don't think it's inherited. I don't think they're stand-ups. I think they're comedic actors. But the two younger brothers, I just yeah. don't think they're stand-ups. So I'll I'll say this. I'll say this. That you you have a point. But, but I think that it's all about the reps. So I've been, you know, I talk to Bill Bellamy all the time because I've been on a tour with him just the past like six, seven months or so. And he's a he's a person who I consider like Chris Rock. I'm going to take the two of them. Both of them got snatched up so early. You know what I'm saying? Chris, Chris, I mean, excuse me, not Chris Rock, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker got Friday. He was gone. They, you know, they didn't have to do what I have to do going on the road and, and getting those reps in. Because before then, like, you know, Dia tell you, uh, Bill used to host this spot called the Peppermint Lounge in Jersey. It was the best club ever. You had to be the best. Everybody who did Def Jam had to come there, and Bill was that dude. But then when he got on MTV, started doing movies and television, he lost it a little bit because you wasn't doing the reps. It's like working out. You got boobs like D now. You know what I'm saying? The <laughs> 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 body started looking like D after the yeah, surgery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But so, so to Marlon's defense, I think the more he got on stage, the better he would have gotten. And he's now getting to that point. I don't think I'm much of your opinion. I'm not a fan. I'm a, I'm a friendly guy. But I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not to be disrespectful, but I wouldn't pay to right. see Marlon. But Damon right. is the is the dog in, in that family. Like he's the guy. Oh, okay. Damon is the dog. Like he is the the OG. He's he's stand up personified. He was on Saturday Night Live, and people don't even know that. So you know, but but I give Marlon credit for effort. He's much like a Nick Cannon to me. Them dudes, you cannot kill them. They will not stop. They just keep coming back and reinventing themselves. They're gonna say they say I'm gonna be a part of comedy, and I give him that. But as far as anything, if somebody say he going on before you, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so Rudy, man, listen, man, we thank you again. But what, Rudy, what what what's going on? In your what's going on with you, man? Where can people find you at right now, man? Yo, you can find me at Rudy Rush. So there's a lot of things going on, but I'm gonna keep it really simple. I got two two uh, shows that I'm producing right now. One is called Rush to the Bathroom. It's a it's a show that it's gonna be about you know remodeling bathrooms. It's gonna be pretty dope. It's, gonna, it's dope. you know we're trying to hit Middle America with that joint. And then we'll, what I also have another show called uh, uh, Dang, it's it's about it's like it's like celebrities playing games, and then it's like drink champs meet celebrity game night out you know what i'm saying so it's called cookout games we cook we drink we play spades uno whatever the game is chosen and we have like a table of four celebrities i'll host it we have some fun with that i'll be on tour right now uh with bill bellamy throughout the rest of the summer and and through the fall got some big concerts going on i just started a concert company called gk rush so you could check that out that's gonna be crazy we're doing concerts here in dallas and, and, and around the country so you know everything is coming together it's pretty cool Nice. Good, very good. Very good. Happy for you, brother. Happy for you. We love you, Rudy Rush, man. What you want to say? Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I got a big hosting gig. I'm hosting for free. My man's getting married in Jamaica, and I'm gonna be there hosting. I don't know who that is, man. We'll talk about that later on. All right, man. All right, man. Oh shoot! Standing on top. Yeah. 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 I told nope. you guys, nope. I told you you should have went with my agent, man. Y'all should have went with my agent. Yeah. Y'all didn't want to listen. See, y'all judged him because he was short. He had an old style suit on and very and like penny loafers. And y'all judged him by the way he looked. But I told you the guy was a vulture, man. He ate Jammy alive. Ah. Look at me. <laughs> ate Jammy alive. He's living good. Top. Living good over there. Yeah. 
that's thinking is rider. <laughs> nah, but it's good to see that um Rudy's doing well and he's got some yeah. projects coming up. I like that. I'm definitely gonna yeah. be supporting I like that those, stuff. I like know? the way those projects sound too. Yeah. He's got some really yeah, nice definitely. creative ideas, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. You 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 invoke spades and alcohol and I you, won, you, you got me right yo. there, bro. I won. You won the, <laughs> the guy is combining bathrooms and comedy. He's a genius. Come on. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> you can't ask him more than that. Yeah, can't ask for more than that. And like I said, Rudy's on tour with Bill Bellamy. Check him out when he's in your city, man. Funny, Bill Bellamy's cool. Me and Rudy, I chimed in on Bill Bellamy. It was talking about Tupac. It was talking about hip-hop. I should have brought up. Jamie told me I forgot to bring it up. But it was talking about Tupac. And Rudy said he's overrated. Is it free? And no, not a lyricist. And I totally agree. But that's another subject. And Bill Bellamy was going back at forth. It was kind of, it was kind of funny. But, uh, check it out on Instagram if you can. I think it's on Bill Bellamy's page. I'm not sure if Rudy put it on his page. Bill Bellamy may be, may be one of the uh, underrated comics. Like he's definitely. he's had quite a yeah, career. Yeah, he's hilarious. I think he's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I saw, him, I saw him at the Barclays and he killed. I saw yeah, him. Very well. Underrated man. Yeah. Oh yeah, no question, no question. Yeah, check him yeah. and Rudy out together. But uh, we got another guest on tonight, man. This sister I have known for probably over twenty years. Dynamic sister, man. Help uh, a life coach. She's an author. She's a mother. She um. She's a do-it-all type of woman, man. I love this woman to death. Um, without further ado, Jamie, let's bring our sister in, Cassandra Matt. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, yo, here you go. Hey, Cassandra, what's up, boo? What's up? How you doing, love? How you doing? How are you all doing? Thank you for Great. having me on the show. I am excited and delighted to be here. That's what's up. And we're happy to have you. Yeah. <laughs> Cassandra's got that good energy, man. Fantastic sweatshirt too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Too, look, Fantastic. too blessed to be petty. You got that's to right. Yo, listen. To petty. Too blessed to be petty. That's right. That's, that's, that's right. I wish more people would think about that because this is a petty ass. I mean, almost cursed. Sandra. <laughs> Sandra, I'm, a, I'm, a, you know me. I'm a bad. I got a dirty mouth, but um, you know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a gentleman around the lake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but a lot of petty people out here right now. Be so, nice, yeah. Dean. I am. I'm I, being nice. I be appreciate nice. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. first of all, th first of all, thank you so much for for joining us. I was I was looking at some of the testimonials people were saying today about your book, and about how you've changed their lives. And and one of the uh, themes that I saw a lot was people saying you taught them how to love themselves, and that that is so interesting to see. It, it seems like there's a lot of people that don't have affirmation growing mm -hmm. up, and it's, it's not there. Um, how do you speak to that? And is that something that you're seeing more now than ever with the advent of maybe social media and, and the way people are presented, presenting their lifestyles online? Absolutely. Because so many people confuse self-pampering with self-love. Mm -hmm. I got my hair done. I got my nails did. I got everything did. But that has nothing to do with how you feel on the inside. And social media can make us believe that who we are is not enough. If you don't drive the particular car, you don't have the right house, you don't have enough zeros in your bank account, that who you are is not enough. And so self-love really starts with understanding that you have a purpose, that you have a purpose, that you have something to contribute to society, that you have gifts. And when that's the starting point for self-love, then you can begin to build blocks, build self-esteem, build confidence, build self-worth. But it starts with really knowing your purpose. Absolutely. That's great. I agree, I agree. 100% with that. Um, I, I love your energy, Miss Mack. I want to you. You know if you can give me some advice, right? Because I got a friend of mine, right? He tends to wear a Yankee hat sometimes. He's got a blue shirt. <laughs> And sometimes, you know, you can't always be like high energy, 
constantly positive. And there's times where you run into people and you feel you really need to get at they, you know what. But how would you give a person like that advice about maintaining their cool? You know, it's so interesting because sometimes people could test the limits of your patience yeah. and work your last good nerve. There you go. And we're living in a society where a lot of people are unhinged. Yes. And you got to think to yourself, as bad as you think you are, there's mm -hmm. always somebody that's a little bit better than you. Got you. And I think it starts with asking yourself, what do I have to lose? Is it worth it in this moment? for me to give this person my energy. Maybe somebody says something disrespectful at the job. Maybe somebody says something disrespectful on the bus or the train, they bumped into you, they didn't say, excuse me. But then you gotta ask yourself, I wanna make it home to my family. I got something to live for, I got things to lose. And I have to pick and choose my battles because everybody's not in the right state of mind. And so I really think it comes down to knowing that everybody ain't worth your sweat. Yeah. Got you. you know Thank what, Miss Mac? Thank you. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna Mack. tell my friend. I'm gonna tell my friend what you said. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I'm sexing. I'm sexing a little something, something here. Yeah, okay. Miss <laughs> Mac, um, you know what? You, you again, your energy is fantastic. It's amazing. Um, the the we're coming out of the pandemic. I don't know if we're coming out of it or what we're doing with it right now. <laughs> But um, but but you alluded to social media. Everybody's on. I think because of that, we all kind of had to gravitate eyeballs to Facebook or Instagram mm -hmm. or whatever we mm -hmm. got. And we see these people living these amazing lives. You know, what I mean, we're 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 comparing ourselves to this person and to that person and everything. And maybe uh, you're you're feeling some kind of way. You know, um, what can we do to get out of a rut or anything like that? You know, because some of us might be like, okay. Um, and I'm I, I, and I've even been guilty of it myself thinking, damn, you know, they got to go. What am I doing? I got to do something. I got to switch it up. You know, but how can I get out of it? How can I supercharge my life or something to get started in a different direction? What are some things that I can do, let's say right now, more actionable uh, to make a little change within myself? You know, that's a really great question. Two things. Number one, understand that on social media, people post their highlights, not their lowlights. So you will see the pictures of the beautiful wedding. But what you don't see is the credit card bill that comes with that wedding. Correct. You will see the beautiful pictures of the vacation. But what you don't see is all the debt that you are now having to pay for this vacation. And so it's important to understand that most people are fronting. And most people are posting their highlights, but not their lowlights. So you don't see the infidelities. You don't see all the things that go on behind the scenes. Mm. So it's important to take that in stride. That's number one. Number two, change one thing, one thing. So if you are stuck in a rut, one thing. It could be something as simple as today I'm going to make a meal. Today I'm going to take a bubble bath. Today I'm going to go outside, go for a walk. I'm going to appreciate nature. Today I'm going to get my favorite playlist and I'm going to dance and I'm going to listen to the old school jams like nobody's watching. Mm. So changing one thing because when you're in a rut, you're stuck and you need something to interrupt the pattern. So two things. Number one, most people are fake on social media. It ain't really what it is. Mm -hmm. And number two, change one thing. Because... Mm -hmm. mm. Sandra, I've known you for a long time. Like, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic. People got to get back into this workplace. Now, companies have changed, policies have changed, but how oh, do yeah. you, how, you know, so how do you get how do you get wellness back in the workplace? Is it up to the, the employee to try to get their own wellness? Or does the or the uh the owner company need to help out with getting like the wellness like 
Can, can you talk a little bit on that? How do we get that back into that? I think it's a combination of both. And it's funny that you say that because I have a book on that called Master Your Mind, Mood, and Attitude. Yes, and yes. And I was going to see that. I was going to say C chapter, but we said it changed. Uh -huh. It was like that was a few things, but go ahead. And so I think it, 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 it's, it's incumbent on both. So it's the workplace understanding that when your workers feel respected, when they feel good about themselves, when they feel mentally well, then they're going to produce at a higher level. But at the same time for each individual is understanding that when you show up as your best and brightest self, when you pick and choose your battles, when you understand that everything ain't worth your time, your attention and your sweat, you were better able to show up at the workplace well. Here's the other piece. It's important to understand that a global pandemic is a global trauma. Mm. And so, so many people are still traumatized and coming off trauma. Life as we've known it has been unpinned. When you look at the mass shootings, everything going oh. on in our world, there is no way that you can take that stuff in day out, day and day in and not be affected by it. And so part of mm. it is making sure that you do simple things, taking your breaks at work, taking your full hour lunch, taking all of your vacation time if you're actually going into the workplace. If you have uh, haters on the job, understanding that you can't give haters your energy. So those are things that you do individually. And then the supervisor and upper management, perhaps having some training and some wellness days for people to just have a woo moment and kind of breathe. So like corporations, they say they want to do all this for their place when people like the great resonation. Of corporations, I know you go to a lot, speak to a lot of corporations. I, I, when you talk to my organization, we bet 20 something over 20 something years ago. So, how do corporations really take? Do you go back and revisit? Do they really take heed to what people are saying? Like, especially in this time, people are really trying to work on their mental. Are they really taking about this wellness, how to get better production? Are they taking heed to what you're telling them and what their staff are telling them? Have you seen any results or any data on that? Some do and some don't, like anything else. So you have some corporations that are fully invested because they understand in order to serve their clients, meet their bottom line, that you need employers, employees who are functioning at a high level of productivity, who are coming to the workplace stable, emotionally regulated, and in a good mood. But then there are other employees who don't always see the benefit. And so I think that it really is a, is a, a, a case in point by each organization. Mm. Let me ask you this question. As a person who is not only a minister, but a, a, a motivator and a life coach, uh, what is the, the the constant theme that you see of, of a lot of clients? Is it that they can't identify greatness or potential in themselves? What do they usually come to you for? Um, what are they looking for when they when they come and contact you? What do you find across the board that people contact you for most? I think across the board, you hit it on the nail not recognizing that we all have greatness. And if you've come from a family that made you believe that who you are is not enough, give you a quick scenario. I used to work in foster care and we had some amazing, amazing young people who were so smart, so talented. And because they were made to believe that they weren't wanted, that who they were wasn't enough and they suffered horrific trauma Oftentimes, even when they would have opportunities, we would get them into the college, we would set them up on the job interview, they were self-sabotage. 
not because they didn't have the potential, not because they weren't great, not because they weren't smart, but because they didn't believe in themselves. So I think even more so than greatness, even though that's a big piece of it, it's confidence. It's really believing that who you are is enough. It is believing that you deserve to be in the rooms that you enter. It is believing that when people won't give you a place at the table, go ahead and create your own. But you have to begin building up your confidence and that attaches to your purpose. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Okay, I have this theory, and I want to I want to see what you think of it. So, I, I, I give this example that um, I always say that the chef doesn't eat; the chef starves. So, the person that 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 serves the meal is the last to eat. So, wh while you're pouring out to people, and while you're, what do you do? Where where's your uh, figuratively your Mount of Olives? Where's that place of retreat for you? How did how do you come and and recover after pouring out? Oh, that's a really great question. I believe in pouring from my overflow and never from my reserves. If you think about what happens on an airplane when the flight attendant comes out and the flight attendant says, in the event of an emergency, when the mask come down, if you're traveling with a small child, put your own mask on first. As a parent, that sounds counterintuitive, right? Because mm -hmm. you want to save your child. But the bottom top and middle line is, if you die, you can't be there to save your child. And so what I do is I make sure that I'm full before I even start my day. For me, that's prayer, that's affirmations, that's just getting quiet, still in nature. It might be journaling, but I believe that you give from your uh, overflow and never from your reserves. Your reserves are just for you. You'll burn out. Point. Excellent point. Excellent point. Producer Jamie, when you ask you this question, do you feel that black people don't focus enough on wellness compared to others? I think that oftentimes in our community, sometimes we confuse self-pampering with wellness and self-care. And so we'll say things like, I went to the concert, I got my hair and my nails done. And those are things to beautify the outside and make you, you know, feel good on the outside, but you got to plug into yourself. And so I think it's languaging. Uh, we focus on the self-pampering, but we don't focus on the mental well-being. But I think that's changing. The more that we have conversations like this, the more that we have conversations around just staying well, I think slowly but surely is changing. Mm -hmm. Andrew has a lot of books. I just want to bring up one more book that she has. I got like here this one here. It's from it says from the from the block to the boardroom. Like a lot of brothers have changed their career in the last few uh, since the pandemic. I know a lot of brothers taking charge like. Yeah, entrepreneurs and stuff like that. So, um, but the young brother coming in right now, say a young brother coming out of, of, of being incarcerated or whatever, like that, off, off the block, what would you tell him first thing to do about how, like, what would you want him to probably present himself, not present himself, but what you think he should really do with working on himself, trying to get into this corporate world and stuff like that? Like, any kind of um, advice on him, like how to perform, how to be mentally? That's a really good question. What's important to understand for a lot of our young kids who get caught up in the system is that the concrete jungle ain't that different from the street jungle. And so the same skills that you use illegitimately, you can flip those skills and use them in the legitimate marketplace. So it's understanding that you do have what it takes, that you have an area of genius. If you understand how to mix X, pot or X amount of cocaine with X amount of this, you are technically a mathematician. And so you understand if you were running a, 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 a the corner block and you have workers working for you, you understand time management. You understand getting your product out there. 
And so now it's about believing in yourself to say, I don't want to live that way anymore because it only leads to prison or death. And so I can use these same skills. I'm smart. I got purpose. I just have to figure it out. And using these same skills, I can go in the legitimate marketplace. So I think it really is looking at what am I good at? And I'll hear a lot of young people, particularly those who have been incarcerated, say, well, I'm not good at anything. No, you're good at something. You do something. Even if you have the gift of gab, you know how to read the room. There's people that will pay you to read the room as a consultant. Mm -hmm. And so it's really looking at the skills that they might not have the language to say that this is a transferable workplace skill and pulling that out. How do you so, first? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Kelvin. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I, I want to just ask this question. So tell us a little bit about how you uh, either received your call into ministry or how you knew that you you just wanted to help people. What was that that moment in your life that was kind of that transformative moment? Well, I started as a social worker. So I started as a social worker working in community services, working on the Lower East Side, the same neighborhood I grew up. I worked in a housing development, working with teenagers. And so I always felt a calling to help people. And then I slowly but surely graduated, uh, spiritually, so to speak, into wanting to really help people see how Bible stories relate to everyday life, helping people navigate life with wisdom and grace. But it was always in me to wanna to help people. And then over time, it, uh, it, it graduated into uh, helping people spiritually. So, so I wanna see like, you know, black people trying to get into meditation, right? Stuff like that, well, trying to. Some people look at it like honest and bull, BS, almost cursed. See, 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 you got me changing my life right now. See, I'm already changed. <laughs> I'm trying to change my life. <laughs> but no, how do, like, I, I've met um, Gene Carlo, um, um, Esposito, once, two times, I did a meditation session with him, and he was trying to change young people how to teach them how to meditate. How do you get people to rest their mind? I think a lot of people don't understand about the, the power of resting your mind. How do you, what would you tell people the first step to resting their mind? Well, there's a scripture that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? And so what that scripture is letting you know is that the only way that you can change your life is that you have to think a new way. And so the way that you start resting your mind is that you start looking at the beliefs that make you feel bad, that make you feel like you don't have any power, that make you feel, uh, that undermine your confidence. And then you start challenging those beliefs. And so I think that that would be step one to begin to rest your mind, to begin meditating, understanding that you have the power to change your inner narrative. You have the power to change the way that you think. I got another book I'm going to promote for too. <laughs> can y'all see it? I don't know if anybody can see it. Say the title, D. Oh, simple prayers, prayers to pray when you don't oh, yeah. know what to say. Simple yeah, prayers yeah. to pray when you don't know what to say. So, so can you tell us about this book real quick? Yeah, also, actually, Tell us where we can find it, too. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can find all of my books on Amazon.com or on my website, CassandraMacMinistries.com. Simple Prayers to Pray When You Don't Know What to Say actually came out of, I have a church by phone service. So every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, people can call in and they can go to church by phone. What's the right number? What, what's, the, what's the number? What's the number? Uh, they can go to CassandraMacMinistries.com okay. and from there they can get the number and the access code to call into the church by phone service. And so what we do at the end of the service is we have a prayer request segment and people request prayer. And what uh, started happening is we were getting so many prayer requests, I couldn't keep up with it. So I said, let me write a book to teach people how to tap into the power of prayer. Because prayer is not only a spiritual conversation, but it helps you to get clear 
think about how you charge your cell phone, right? The reason we charge our cell phone is why? Why do we charge yeah. our cell phone? Our <clears throat> So we can operate at maximum capacity. And so when we plug in to the creator through prayer, we are allowing ourselves to operate at maximum capacity. We're getting clear, we're getting guidance, we're beginning to think about our goals and our dreams. And so there's a clarity that comes, and I'm not even talking about a religious act. There's a clarity that comes when you plug into the power of prayer. And so I wrote the book to basically teach people how to pray like a child, that it doesn't have to be these long, verbose prayers, that you could take three minutes at the start of your day to get yourself empowered and pumped up so that you're ready for whatever comes your way. There's so much craziness in this world. So you want to have presence of mind. You want to be able to be calm under pressure. You want to be able to sidestep a lot of the drama and the petty. And when you plug into your power source, you are internally empowered to be able to bob and weave things that don't need your attention and to focus on the things that fuel your purpose. So I'm glad to call it in. I don't have to, it's no building fund, right? I'll join, I'll join this one. No building fund. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, I'm not fooling with you. When is the bingo night? I'm not, not fooling with you. No fish fries, <laughs> nothing like that. I'm not fooling with you. So be we, nice, we, D. Be nice. We offer, no, we offer some really amazing things, but everything now is on social media. And the beauty of this is we are serving people through our church by phone service who ordinarily would not come to church. And so we have people who have been in and out of jail. We have strippers who come to church. Hey, hey, I might be at this place. <laughs> we, <laughs> we open our doors to everybody. And the beautiful, beautiful thing about church by phone is because people can't see each other, there's that level of safety that people can say, you know, I'm really, we have brothers that call and they say, I'm struggling with smoking weed every day. And we pray for them because they feel comfortable enough because it's that type of atmosphere where we're like, it's, it's, God's job to judge, the Holy Spirit's job to convict, and man's job just to love, just to love people. That's beautiful. Well said. Well I think, said. I think I think we all need. I think people need these rooms now, where they could be like honest and vulnerable. I think that's the biggest thing with black people scared to be. They not to be vulnerable is is a strength that black people really don't understand that that what that what it being given that, that vulnerability. They don't understand it, and I think I I praise you for those kind of rooms that you created these kind of rooms for folks like us. You know what? You just said something that's so key. Absolutely. Because vulnerability to me means I'm strong enough not to care what you think. Mm -hmm. I'm strong enough to be transparent, but not just transparent for the sake of having diarrhea of the mouth. Mm -hmm. I am strong enough to be transparent, share my story, tell my story, say I'm not okay when I'm not okay. And I give no credence, no power, not a care in the world, whether you like me, accept me, because I don't need your validation. That's true. That's true transparency and vulnerability mm. good point mm. very good point that is the truth yeah. that makes a lot of sense so you know? so my thing was like if you life coach you call life coach young people and the thing like, like young people is now that got to get back into this workspace how do you tell them to deal with some of the stuff they probably never faced before real adult conversations in the workplace like how do you get them to get they they peace because young people we both work with young people we know how they mm-hmm. go they feel disrespected or anything they going off the hook how do you tell them? We've been doing this for a long time. So how do you get them to like understand like somebody taking your peace and not letting nobody take your peace? What do you say when you when they first come across these conversations with older people, first job or whatever? That you trying to get the bag. That's 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 number one. You trying to get the bag. 
and your ego cannot pay your bills. It can't keep the lights on. It can't keep T-Mobile working. And so you are going to have to pick and choose your battles and you're going to have to learn to ignore the petty. What works in the streets is your survival skills in the streets, but you got to be able to adapt. And so once you're in this new environment, you got to adapt. You got to know when to shake stuff off and everything doesn't merit. And we always talk about, you know, counting to five. If somebody says something to you, ask the question, are they trying to trigger me? Let me count to five. Why am I going to give them my power? Or maybe they're not trying to trigger me. Am I taking this too personal? And I and, and they're right. I need to get back to work. Another thing. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, man, I lost my train of thought. Somebody else, I just lost my train of thought. I, I should have, I was going to write it down and I forgot my focus. Okay, so uh, I'm sorry, Dave. So let me ask you this question. So right now, and, and you obviously ministering into the 21st century church, which is a lot different. It's a lot different you know, from the, the 90s, the things that you have to deal with today. So, I was a pastor too, just want to tell you. So, so, so <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I I started in ministry uh, when I was 16 years old. So um, it's I, I've seen the, the actual change uh, in people because now everything from culture to music, those things have, have changed basically how we view things. So what has been the adjustment that you've had to make dealing with you know, going from one generation to another because today's 18-year-old is a lot different than we were at 18 years old. So what do you have to do now to almost have that one-stop shopping when it, when it comes to ministering? So I always say, again, with the chef reference, you got one chef and you got to make meals for different people. And, and so how are you able and capable of doing that? I think that at Cassandra Mac Ministries, I'm in a really unique and blessed uh, position in that when I started church by phone, that was a novel concept. And when I spoke to other people, they were like, that's not a real church. How are you doing church by phone? That's not a real church. And so we started out being out of the box. We were giving flyers out at clubs. And so we started out out of the box and it was just like, get people on the phone in a place where they can learn how to be all they can be through Christ. And we don't believe in religion. We believe in relationship. And so that is the starting point that we're really teaching people. How do you self-actualize through the teachings of Christ so that you can unlock the kingdom within that inside of you, you have a kingdom, you have a spiritual and psychological mechanism that allows you to have peace, that allows you to have joy independent of the chaos that allows you to have prosperity, but you got to tap into that peace that surpasses all understanding and you got to tap into that kingdom within. And so I think because we use Bible stories, but then we correlate it to today, right? Because we correlate the Bible stories to today, it makes sense to a person who's never stepped foot in the church. Simplicity is, is is definitely necessary. I mean, I think one thing I, I love about you and appreciate about you, you know who you are, because there there's so oftentimes that people actually get lost in what they do and they forget who they are, and that's so important. And if you do that, then you're not relatable. People can see right through that, uh, especially young people. Young people can they they believe in transparency, so if they get the idea that somebody's not authentic. They, they tune them out immediately. And I think you do have this glow as, as my, my uh, partners here mentioned from the onset, there's something about you that, that is really compelling. 
And and thank you for that. And 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 the key piece is that we believe in in just being yourself. We believe in accepting people as they are because when you think about how Jesus ministered, right? And I think about the story of the woman at the well. And so the woman at the well was waiting at the well and she'd been around the block so to speak. And when Jesus ministered to her, he didn't say, well, you low down hole who been around the block. He, he, he didn't talk to people like that. You know, he was like, if you knew who I was, you would thirst for this water. When the woman was caught in the act of adultery and the Pharisees, the fake people were ready to throw stones. The fake religious people were ready to throw stones. He was like, hold up, wait a minute. Ain't none of y'all got a clean slate. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but that's the gist of it. Let he who was without let he who was without sin cast the first stone. And so when you look at how he preached to people, and, and Jesus was about it, about it. Like I'm, when I hear people talk about Jesus, I'm like, what Jesus are you talking about? Like this is Jesus who would turn over money tables. This is yeah. Jesus who told Peter and them to go get your whip, strap up. We about to be about it, about it. Jesus was sugar. Jesus was sugar night. No, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus Jesus was a thug. Jesus was a thug. He was a shit knight. Pull up. Pull up. You can't start them. Don't start them, Cassandra, because they're on their way. D is on his way. And when you think about how he rolled with Peter, think about Peter. Peter cut off somebody's ear. Peter cut you in the heartbeat. And that was Jesus' right-hand man. These were people from the streets. These were burly fishermen. This wasn't high society people. And so... When we present that Jesus to people, they like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I, I think maybe I could rock with this. Yeah. He was Jesus' <laughs> lieutenant. That's what he was. <laughs> you know what? String a, he was string a bell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I'm not messing with y'all. God, God going to get you. I'm not messing with y'all. Too late. He already got us. <laughs> I, got already got us. I got gasoline drills. I'm ready to go to hell. Oh, I told you, I get pamphlets <laughs> in the mail from jail. From hell. <laughs> Sorry, my bad. From, from hell, they, they they send me stuff all the time. They yeah, say we're waiting for you, Rodney. Yeah, man. Well, well, I, I, I'll tell you this, Cassandra. I I definitely appreciate appreciate your giftedness and your uniqueness. That's so so important. I have a, a slogan. I I care what people say, but much like yourself, not not enough to be governed by it. And it is it's so important once you know who you are and what you're called to do. And I think God calls you to be who you are. That's, That's right. one of the things that draws people, you know. And so I, I I actually love it. And I appreciate life coaches. People don't realize because right now we're in a time where people just need direction. You That's know, right. and sometimes you can lose your way. And I don't care how strong people feel they are. There are some moments where this thing, you know, I was thinking about it today. There is so much pressure. So much pressure and i think what happens is people some people become desensitized to it but when you really think about it you're up against a lot it's a lot people managing homes every man you see on the screen uh with the exception of myself they, they, these men are fathers and and, and and all these different things it's a lot of pressure to manage today and mm -hmm. so for, for you to be able to take it and dump it somewhere you've got to alleviate it somewhere you know Absolutely. And so I, I think it's a, it's a blessing to be able to cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. And you, you have to put it somewhere because if you don't, you will crack up and lose your mind. You will lose your mind in this world. You will lose your mind. And mm -hmm. people will test you. They'll, they'll send you to jail. That's right. <laughs> and make you catch a case. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> it is good to laugh. It's okay to laugh. Oh, you yeah. know, for years. For years, you know, like I said, I grew up in, in a Baptist church when I was a kid. And, and back then, 
I mean, there was nothing funny and you couldn't say anything. You can't mm -hmm. go here. You can't wear that. And you can't do that. And again, we were caught up in religiosity and not relationship. And so it, it makes a difference that, that you know, as, as, as the disciples told, Jesus told the disciples, if they're not against us, they're for us, that's you know, right. and that's the, that's the reality. So I, I, I value what you do and to be an author is a lot. And that, that is certainly a blessing. So, so thank you for sharing with everything that you pour out and give to, to the world. Thank also, you. many, many books. And Cassandra, before we go, do you have any um, any last words you have wisdom that you want to share with any young people, just black people in general? And with it, and that's why you got the stroll, which you can find our book set, show website, powerliving.com. Yeah, up. she got a lot. So these are only three books. Cassandra got a lot of books. This lady can write. <laughs> I, only, I only got two hands. I can't hold a book, all the books up. Cassandra got a lot of books, man. Oh. CassandraMacMinistries.com yeah, for people who are listening as well. Maybe yeah. they can't see it. Yeah, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. yeah. They can go to yeah. CassandraMacMinistries.com. That is our ministry website. And then the corporate training website is Strategies for Empowered Living. But if they go to CassandraMacMinistries.com, they, uh, they will get what they need. And so I, my closing words to um, anyone who's struggling, anyone who feels like they've lost their way, uh, anyone who feels like, you know, life is just chaotic, you know, is to take it one day at a time. Do your best and take life one day at a time. When you think about the prayer that's commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer, there's a line in that prayer that says, give us this day our daily bread, not give us this week, not give us this month, not give us this year. Give us this day. Take it day by day and do the best you can to just show up for your life. That's all you can do. Cause tomorrow ain't promised wow. to none of us. Ain't lying about that. That's right. My, my last question, Cassandra, because I know you are you a hip hop head. You gotta give us your top five. Uh -oh. You know what? My top five MCs. That's hard. I know you. Uh, you I know you a hip hop head. So my top five MCs. Oh my goodness, Queen Latifah definitely is one. People sleep on Queen. People, yeah, they do. People sleep on yeah, they do. Queen is nice. Yeah, they do. Lauren Hill's another one. I'm gonna, you, I'm gonna give you my females. Okay, that's okay, that's we need that. That's what we need. That. need. Yeah. Uh, Come on, say my girl. <laughs> Who's your girl? Who's your what, girl? What? MC Light. MC Light. Okay, MC mm -hmm. Light. MC Light. MC Light. Wanna bumble with the B, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not. Run DMC. Okay. okay. I like Run DMC. And uh, KRS One. Okay. Okay. I give you that. That's rock solid. Yeah. That's a solid. That's a solid five. That's a solid five. Go against a lot of people. That five. That's a solid five. Yeah. Yeah. So my sister, I love you so much. You know how much I care for you. You know my heart is. Yeah. You know how it is. We we we've been tight for a long time. Long time. Thank you for coming on again. Thank you for giving us a lot of wisdom, knowledge, and like and and peace. That's what we needed. We needed a voice of peace, mind peace at that. So we truly appreciate you, my sister. I truly appreciate the privilege of being on your show today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, love. All right. Cassandra, Thank you. it was a pleasure to have you on the show. Pleasure, 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 pleasure. God bless you, man. Bless you, sister. Bless you. Peace. God bless you. Great night. Oh, ride in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, 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 yeah. nah, 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 nah. Yo, how yeah. they want to ride in the middle, man? Nope. Yo, that's nope. all right. You're not going to tell no, me that. No, don't say nothing. Don't hate. Nope. That lady nope. just nope. came on here nope. and said, don't nope. let nobody take your energy. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> See? She said, there's haters on the job. She said, don't <laughs> the let them take you out of your character. I got you. The enemy was trying to use you. I apologize. Trying to use you, yeah. What do you say right there? That Rod want to sit up when she talks about strippers. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> He's about to take a nap. <laughs> oh, yeah, they be watching me, man. Uh, Yo, I, I'll tell you the truth. I, I, I like I liked um the two things. There's two things that grabbed me um that she said. The one was about the um guys in the street, because I used to have conversations with young brothers that were on the street, and I would say, like, you guys don't realize you guys are the greatest entrepreneurs and businessmen that's in the world. Because entrepreneur, if I'm not mistaken, that means risk taker. You out here taking the ultimate risk. Anything you do legal, you can't fail. Yeah. Because you don't risk your life and your freedom out here, Good point. you know. But I, I, I loved when she said that, and that she tells tells people that. But you know, yeah, told, but she's right. Them. Don't give people your energy, you know. Yeah, I told um, HSBC Bank one time when they had me talking to them. Um, I had the president, vice president of the whole, whole company in um, right up Water Street talking to them. But I said, I know guys is in the street could run circles around all y'all in there. Y'all, because they know they Jay-Z? market. Yeah, Jay-Z? they know they know they know they market. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They they know they, they, the customer base. They know how to, like she said before, time management. Stuff like, yo, bro, Correct. why you not on this corner? Blah 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 blah. And and they understand, like, yo, I gave you a package. This amount of money should come back. Correct. Short. Sure. Correct. And, and they got consequences. Correct. There's consequences for it, and you don't even they, realize you out there actually. Then, yeah, yeah, you're displaying supervisory skills when you're out there <laughs> managing the block. Could Could you imagine if you could harness the talent? Mm-hmm. In the street. I mean, you always look back to, to New Jack City, and I know that was a film, but think about the what they were building. Just think about the, the empire they would have built if, if somebody like Nita Brown could do something legitimate. Okay. I mean, just really, you know, and it's, it's amazing because what, what it is, I think we bought into this idea that we needed to kind of get acceptance into corporate America or something like that. Now, I think this generation, maybe more than any other, can see entrepreneurship. They can see it. They they usually do it through athletics and, and, and entertainment, but they see there's a way in owning companies and they'll only wear stuff if they got endorsements and stuff like that. So I think it is changing that way, but there's a lot. Of, I mean, there's, you know, kids that can draw anything without going to art school. Bro, but or, you know, yeah, you got to think about told somebody, a drug dealer. Like, I don't, I, we all went to school. We all don't know, man. Like, I don't know how many grams in a kilogram. Right. Ain't my right. thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I used to go to my boy house and had the triple beans, seeing them weigh shit. They doing all this chemistry, this, yeah. Even mixing B12 with fucking baking soda, cocaine, it's some amazing shit. You know what I'm saying? So, but like Cassandra said, she was right. They they can run circles around a lot of these people. They don't understand what they, they don't know. They they missing out on the opportunity who they really could be. Allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> well, you 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 know you, you know D. I think of that, that statement. <laughs> I think of that statement that um that Harriet Tugman made when she said, you know, I freed thousands and I could have freed thousands more if they if only they knew realized they were slaves. That's yeah, right. you know, you think yeah. about that and that that holds true today. If you actually knew, you know what it, what it what you could do. And and that's why I think, you know, fortunately, if people have parents that can kind of like push you and say, hey, you can do it. Alleged. It's alleged. It's all <laughs> it's alleged. He's a damn deep. <laughs> <laughs> He's out here on himself. But you know what I like about that, though? D, you know what I like about that? That was a warning scroll. That's what I like. <laughs> I, that's what I like. You, know you need more of those. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think it's because our last guest, you earned that right of a warning scroll. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, D, you did kind of have a nice guest there today, man. Like, you know, yeah. that's Yo, personal. read that's the private chat. I got to pee. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, with further ado, <laughs> Sammy, take it to commercial. <laughs> <laughs>
Dawn Kelly, and I'm the founder and CEO of The Nourish Spot, a healthy food and beverage haven in Southeast Jamaica, Queens. Chosen in 2019 as Micro Business of the Year by the U.S. Small Business Administration. My adult children, Jade and Owen Duncan, and I established the Nourish Spot to provide affordable access to healthy produce to help our neighbors combat chronic diseases, to provide jobs for a diverse community youth. And it's no secret that small businesses play a critical role in the local economy. It's also proven that community is vital to the growth of small businesses. So come, let us nourish you at the Nourish Spot. We're open Monday through Friday, 9.30 to 6, and Saturday, 10 to 6 p.m. Some social yeah. disorder, yes, or something like that. Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you, right? I think some of us are just caught up in the way we were raised. I could never see it. I just could not. I could not get with the concept of changing 
Um, <laughs> that's his first problem. Running hey, hey, get, hey, hey, listen, get Tim to scroll now. Don't give me, I ain't saying <laughs> I, I couldn't see it. I, I really couldn't see it. And I know that may sound chauvinist, but that, you know, not only did he change his name, um, to change his name to a woman from a different community is, is a little odd, too. And I just think that's, that's a, a bit that's much. That's some slavery mental shit right there, man. Well, you know, okay, let's 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 lay it out here. You know, I'm saying, yeah. I'm to be and I know, and I know, no, he, he tried <laughs> to lob it to me. That's what he tried. <laughs> to. I'm not young. So he said, Rodney, so he can see if I can get the scroll. Um, the thing is, um, let's 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 break down Ricky Williams right now. We know that yes, he has some sort of he was diagnosed with some sort of social disorder. He also walked away from the NFL career during probably one of his, his prime. He moved into the wilderness or something and was just only smoking weed. Um, there's there's some issues here with Ricky Williams. Um, the thing is him erasing his last name to give to somebody else and take another person's last name. Um, I think Mickey Williams is trying to erase something with himself. He wants to get away from, you know, this um, this thing that he can't remove. You know, so. <laughs> that didn't but, uh, you got that Candace Owens? Huh? Like Candace you Owens. Candace Owens? You can't wash it off. No matter what you do, it's not going to come uh, off. First thing oh, you yeah. did was lose your last name. So I don't and know what you're talking about. <laughs> why would you, why would he change his last name? His last name actually is in history books. You know, he was a Heisman Trophy winner. So why are you erasing your name? It doesn't make sense. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he gave his kids that name. So. He's got a lot of kids too, but but it makes sense because in slavery you were given your master's name. Correct. Or you, when you were freed, you took the name of presidents. That's why we have Washington. I just realized something. D is subliminally directing me. I didn't yeah. even mean to say that. D, <laughs> I just don't let him I, use I, you. Don't I, let I, him I just, use I, you. I, I kind of put out there. That's <laughs> don't let him no, use that, you. Yeah, there's something wrong with that. It, as far as the man, because I would think yeah. I'm not changing my father's <laughs> name Correct. for anything. Is that a devil yeah. trying to me? Devil trying to be cool. Yo, man. Just oh man, yeah. Didn't he get off? Didn't he? Oh, didn't he get got for his money? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, might might as well. With that. Well, yeah, might as well. It, it yeah. shouldn't be. You know, you sign everything over in my name. Yeah. And I don't think Ricky. Ricky didn't have that many endorsements back in the day. He couldn't. He was no, bugged. The boy out. couldn't talk. Yeah, he was bugged out too. He, was yeah, good, he just he couldn't talk, and he had a very interesting running style. I don't know if anybody remembers, but I ain't gonna get on that because now the NBA is trying to use me, but. Um, he was he was very he was very very um. I don't know if y'all remember the way Ricky used to run. Um, see, he's still trying like he's to use. Me. All right, let me get back on. He used to switch when he ran. I didn't want to say that, but yes. But this is the thing. The the reality of it is this. I just think from an identity standpoint, especially it, being a, a black man, there's not much that we have on our own but your name, but your family history, but something to, to be proud of, to, to stand on that, and for someone to wave that. And I think Rodney probably hit the nail on the head for you to feel the need to do that. Maybe there's an identity crisis going on with you. But mm -hmm. I will say this. It looks bad to me, I have to say. Yeah, let me ask you guys a question. I'm going to throw this question to D. Do you think, <laughs> do you think Ricky Williams would have did this if his girlfriend was black? No. No. Okay. No. Well, it's sad to say, but no, Rodney. Yeah, no. I and I know so you either. asked it as a rhetorical question. Mm -hmm. yes. No. <laughs> there was zero chance that he was going to have a black girlfriend. She wouldn't so. be his wife, first of all. I'm going to be like, look, I got to talk to you about that. Does, does any, is, any of, is, any other, is any of Ricky Williams' 
children's mothers black? Does he have kids? I'm not sure. I doubt it, but I'm not sure. I, I, I doubt know. it too. I don't know that for sure, but I, I think they're all um snow bunnies. Yeah, he was living on a mountain one time, some weird yeah. old shit, man. I mean, yeah, listen, allegedly, yeah, I'm allegedly I'm allegedly because I don't know the answer completely. Love yeah. is love, man. Love is love, but yo, man, your name is yours, man. That's the only thing you got, man. Sometimes, at least, and if you're gonna change it, change it for yourself for your own reasons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. you know, but don't, don't. The women I know wouldn't even man. want you to take their last name. Yeah, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah. see, the thing is, okay, I'll give somebody the benefit of the doubt if they took the last name of a woman that was from maybe a very prestigious family. Like or Winfrey. Well Winfrey. I or like Obama. <laughs> or like if you marry one of the Obama girls and you want to change your name because the because the name holds weight, I would have a little bit more understanding with that. But just to do it to somebody that we don't even know. I still uh, wouldn't. I still, and, even that, I wouldn't agree. Even that, I wouldn't agree. Yeah, I, I was, it makes it a Oprah little bit more. Oprah got enough money understand. for me to change my name, first and last. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, yeah, I go on the witness protection the Oprah money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, mean, I, I marry you. I marry you. I don't even want you hyphenating your name. I know I can take. <laughs> I, 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 Rodney, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Me and my wife had that conversation before. I said, "No hyphenation and no names." If you, I can understand. Like I said, if your name held, held some weight, but if you just regular person, now nah, you taking my last name. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I, I, Rodney, I'm, I agree with you 100. Yeah. percent I know people I like it, but yeah, you get a lot of kickback. I'm sure we would get a lot of kickback from people here. here we'll find that. the strength to go on. <laughs> yeah, they'll be, they'll be all right. Though. Though. The whole time ago, <laughs> he, he, yeah. he should be Stedman Winfrey by now, right? Uh, bring them yeah. the comments, Sam. I think we was talking over some of the comments. There you go. Yeah, we really need Harriet Tubman and her gun right now. In the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, thanks, Dina. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Dina said, preach, Derek. Yeah, you know. Did Shauna say something about some money? I thought that missed it. Oh, his manager stole his money. Yeah. Oh, she said no. His manager stole his money. Yeah. So he, he's broke. He's broke, and this woman is rich. Is that what it is? I mean, I mean Ricky got to be getting a pension because he was in the league over ten years, so he's got he's got to be getting at least three hundred thousand, three fifty, I think it is, something like that. He gets a year, right? Yeah. But what did he spend his money on? He was in the wilderness, like y'all said. I think Ricky Williams has a lot of children from different women. I'm. Shauna says she hyphenated. But see, now yeah. here's the thing. Yeah, that's different. Even for I'm women. Not, yeah, I'm not yeah. bad with the women doing that. Yeah, I'm yeah. They did. Yeah, I'm not. They can keep your name hyphenated if you want. That. I don't even like the hyphenated stuff. I mean, oh, but yeah. hey, teach them on teach them. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm, not saying you can do, I'm just telling you how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah, the same yeah, way. I'm not yeah, big on that either. Yeah. And you don't have to change. I'm just saying that you don't have to change. You don't even, hell, if you a woman, you don't have to change your last name. But I'm saying a man should not be changing his last name. That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, Master P yeah, was the first agent. Right, oh. right. Oh, Tim, you're on your hundred percent right. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. Master P got his money. Oh, in the history wow. of sports, too, right? Yeah, it went no. down the worst deal in the history of sports. I think so. No limit, no limit management. Some said it was something yeah. like that. Game no limit. Money. Oh yeah, that's right, because he played for the Saints, right? Yeah, he's yep. playing for the Saints. Yep. Started. I think got that fucked up deal. He went, uh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think um, Master P's agency they went out too because ain't nobody else was going to deal with them after nah, that. Nah, yeah. nah. No, 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 no,
Like the, the, well, first know, of all, let me say this. Let me qualify it. You probably have known this friend since elementary school, I would assume. At least a part and, of a long time. And um, I don't know. I, I don't know that you can tell a person to end their relationship. You, you, you need more of a scenario, too, Kelvin. Don't you think we would need more like a scenario? Yeah, like because if it, because if if the person is in some type of imminent danger, correct. Yeah. And I asked a woman about this today. I said, you know, is it intrusive of a friend that they feel that your relationship is in jeopardy or you're in jeopardy because of your relationship? And she was like, well, it's not enough just if they don't like the person I'm with. And mm -hmm. if there's something that I'm in, 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 if I'm in a physical danger, yes. Outside of that, I don't think it's their place to do it. Okay. That's the that's that's the bottom line. This this is what a woman said, and she was saying, I, I don't think it's their place to do it. She said, because sometimes you just don't like a person, and so it impairs your judgment. And so I I think that is fair. Now, it, it, in the regards to cheating, she said you better have proof. That's a that's a big accusation. You better have proof. I always believe this. I don't. I think a person wants to believe the person with, they're with, and I think it's just really a slippery slope. And right. I don't know when a great time is to tell you. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. If you saw a, if, if one of your friends you knew were being cheated on or, or or something like that, would you tell them? I I'm gonna say. I mean, I've I've I've, I've been in a situation like that, and I didn't tell. I didn't tell because. Like you said, Kelvin, it's a, it's a slippery slope. Like, you know, lots of times I've seen situations where your friendship got destroyed and they wind up staying together, you know. So it really depends. Now, as far as the person being in danger, yes, I think you should tell them if, right. if you know, if they're in danger for sure. Cheating and feeling that the person is not good for them and whatever, definitely a slippery slope. I'm going to lean towards you probably need to mind your fucking business and um, just remain friends with the person and be supportive. And if it, if it don't work out, then you say, Hey, I'm here for you, dude. I'm here for you, girl, you know, whatever. Now, now Rodney, one thing I do say is this, if a person cannot tell somebody something about their relationship, I think that person in the relationship should not be able to just tell their friends things too. That's the, in other words, you, you can't come and dump on the person, but they can never have to weigh in on it. Some people do that. They'll tell you something about their spouse and this, that, the third. Then if you have something to add, then you foul. I think they need to, in other words, if you're going to keep the relationship private, like my wife and my relationship is our business, then don't take that business and feed it to the friends either. Some people do that and they want it to be like like a one-way street. So I'm, I'm, no, I, I, I'm totally against that. I don't think that there's certain things in your relationship you shouldn't be discussing with people. You know, right. if you right. if you're that unhappy that you feel you got to put your business out on front street, then, you know, I, I think that's a bad look. That's probably a bad relationship. You know, right. don't get me wrong. Of course, you know, we as men, we've sat down and had conversation and say, oh, such and right. such made mac and cheese. And, you know, I don't like a mac and cheese, but right. that's, that's, that's man shit. We talk about that. But like, you know, to be sitting there and talking about you dislike your wife, you dislike your girlfriend. You right. should never be opening that door to anybody. To like exactly. that. That's just my personal opinion. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Exactly. You know, right. but, I had a guy one time, and this was a guy in my church many years ago, and he comes to me, and he was like, he wasn't working, young guy, mm -hmm. and he's like, you know, my, uh, it's almost Valentine's Day, and I want to know if I could borrow two hundred dollars from you to take my my girlfriend out or whatever, and I told him, I said, first of all, 
No. So let me start there. I just want to say that first of all, right? <laughs> I said, but you don't have a job. Yeah. What you need to do for Valentine's Day is get you some Chinese food and some applications and y'all work on them together. That's the first thing. <laughs> yeah. I said, secondly, as a man, don't you ever go to another man for money Correct. for the Correct. woman you would don't ever do that. Now, what he Correct. did, Rodney, on the low was he went and borrowed the money from somebody else. He yes me to death. Whatever I say, you don't ever go to another man Correct. for assistance as it relates to the woman you're with. And I Correct. just try to tell him that just as a man. You because know, if you're saying it to the wrong man, that dude can yeah, ease up. Yeah, you ain't got that woman. You got two hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you know what I'm saying? We call we call that. As soon as you buy that wine, I just creep up from behind. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jay, um, Jay, bring. Oh, I want Jimmy to bring up some of the comments real quick. You want me to bring up some? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I did say, go ahead, Kelvin. Let him know. There you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chill says, never fear a true friend. They will be there as a support system and not a judgment zone. Mm -hmm. Um, and she also goes on, Dina goes and says, First of all, I have very few friends. No one, uh, no one friends knows uh, what goes on in my relationship for that reason. I don't want or need anyone in my business, they will get a two piece and a biscuit. There's a personality change you notice, at least maybe ask an open ended, uh, open ended question like, Is everything okay? You yeah. know, okay. Yeah. yeah, and misery loves company, yeah. Then again, don't let them disturb your peace. Yeah. You know? I, right, go ahead, Rod. I'm going to go up to you. Go ahead. Uh, me personally, too, like, like if you have a discussion about your marriage or your relationship, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't be talking to unmarried people about your marriage. That's a, that's a big mistake. You know, and because the thing is, too, there's you, you'd be surprised how many of your so-called friends are actually jealous because you're in a, in a relationship. That's right. That's they'll, right. They'll, They'll throw um, acid on that shit if you yes, if they, they can. Will. You know? yes, right, they will. right, De definitely, definitely. People like like one of my cousins told me he said you never know what goes on behind closed doors with people. That's right. You know, and so what what happened even with even with family, because mm -hmm. somebody will go to their family and talk about their spouse, and the other person go, then y'all have made up. The family's still mad at the person. Yeah, and correct. Stuff like that, you know, yeah. and people, you know, so people have to be careful with that. So I do believe to answer your question, D, I think you can do it. But it would have to be with those circumstances that the person is some type of imminent danger. Well, That's well I was I wasn't in danger. Let me tell you something. I'm gonna put my shit out there. <laughs> Motherfucker Rodney Mitchell, Shauna, all these people on this on this thing today. Tim, Jamie. I don't even know if Brad might be watching. All you motherfuckers knew I was in danger. All this some bullshit. Allegedly. The they knew it. No, what? you wasn't in danger. You were just making oh, a bad choice. Hey, motherfucker, I was in danger. My fucking life was in danger. My person went up, lost my head. That's a lot of danger, nigga. I had eyebrows in and shit. You know what I'm saying? So, so one of my friends, a homegirl of mine, told my ex I was sleeping with another woman. Alleged. Just to break wait, this wait, up. Wait, again? One of my homegirls told my ex that I was sleeping with another woman. Allegedly. Why she do that? Because she wanted me to break up. She wanted me to get out that fucked up ass relationship. Wow. She took it upon herself to sabotage you for you. Now she 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 sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Motherfucker, I'm gonna be a hundred thousand dollars in child support. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna reverse the question on you, D. If I had it told you, what would you have it done? Oh man, I might have jumped up the Brooklyn Bridge, nigga. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like. I know. No, see, this is what it is. Because the way you talk to me, Rod, you know how we have our conversation. Yes, yes. It would have probably, probably hit more. But the only thing is, 
it depends. Like certain things when we are a certain age, I don't know if we're ready to receive that kind of stuff because we were all young. Correct. We were all we Correct. all we were all young, dumb and out of control back then. So allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. Y'all motherfuckers owe me a whole bunch of drink. <laughs> but just because I just told him a story last week. See, motherfuckers. Laugh out loud. You know, See, but that's that's, that's, that's man. All those people, they know we. I was already receiving back then. They was already. I think what happens is you're playing a road game. The reality of it is, you want to believe the person you're with. I, let me tell you something. When I get when I used to tell you a story about I got cheated on when I was 22 years old, whatever, like that. Her friends told me she was cheating. Her friends told me. Her own friends cared enough about me to be like, "Yo, I'm just." Nah, they want to you, know. you can say bitch. You can say bitch, girl. But but, <laughs> but 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 you know it's crazy, Rodney, because I still went to her and was like, "Your friends are saying you cheating. They just jealous. This, that, and the third." You're and not words, supposed to say that, Kelvin. You're not supposed to tell where you got it from. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I yeah, know. Well, I was 22, though. I was 22. I'm just saying. But yo, your head is spinning. And you know, you you know what I mean. And so, at the end of the day, they they was right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just it just happened because they knew what it was. But it's like, oh, it was just one of those things. And so, um, I put, like put it like this: What happens is this: if if you if you have a, a a group of friends that they actually, you know, have come there before the person you're with, I tell people this all the time, and I tell people this about their family. You want to fight somebody who you know loves you when they try to protect you from somebody who you hope loves you. And that's the thing. That's why I look at younger people, their parents be like, yo, that person not good for you. Oh, you just don't want me to be happy. So they right. raise you, change your diapers, fed you and stuff like that. Now they don't want you to be happy. At the end of the day, sometimes you can't handle the truth. Yeah. You sometimes you just got to go through, let people go through it. There you go. That's, that's all you can do. God damn, y'all. I what you, if I had told you that? Would you had to say? Would you had to went home and said, "Hey, Ronnie wants me. Thinks I should break up with you. I'm out." You're not going to do that. At least one person that made me think. One person, not one person. But Ronnie, you hold a lot of weight, bro. No, I, I know. But the thing is, I understand what a breakup takes and what you're going to go through. And then you got to realize too, I could be, I could have been wrong. I could have been wrong. You know, you be right a lot. Sorry, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying call them fuckers N word on no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not right all the time. I'm not right all the time. It's just I survive off a lot of life experience. That's what I survive. I know, man. God damn it. I'm going to the devil. Jordan says, I told someone today to plan her escape. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the best See, when we, we, we older, now we like our, our parents and grandparents. We say the shit that's really on our fucking minds now. Once you get over 60, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you say right there? <laughs> she said, exactly. Family can't tell you uh, not to be with someone when their relationship is everything but squeaky clean and perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Because the first thing you're going to do is say, well, your shit ain't that good. You exactly. Know, you, get, you get defensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, fact, you know? That's a fact. That's a big fact. Yeah. Damn a No, but if you have a friend that you know is really <laughs> in your corner or something like that, and, and a friend that's subjective, you know, again, you you would probably listen, but again, like I said, the truth hurts, and some people don't want to hear it. You know, certain friends, uh, you you don't want them to have privy to it because they they don't understand. And then what I realized is this: you never know the arrangements people have in these relationships and these marriages. Yeah. You yeah. never know some stuff that you think is foul; they think it's normal. 
Correct. Everybody's got a different standard in their relationship. Oh, Shit that you it. wouldn't deal with, other people think it's okay. So right. who am I to say right. that that's not working for you? It might work for you. Ronnie, I had a friend the night before he got married. We're all over his house. It's myself, a couple other friends. He blitzed on this woman like I've never seen, like it was some old Ike and Tina stuff. He did everything short of hitting her. This is the night before they got married. So one of our friends was like, yo, if that was my daughter, he would not be marrying her, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't even know what to say at this point. They get married in the morning. She must have signed up for this. I don't even know. You know, it's just one of those things. I mean, but he screamed on her like a runaway slave. And I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. And then the next day, you know, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. She's the right. Says uh, people refuse to listen to others that are in good relationships either. They think happy people are biased, you know. Mm. And you know what? That's the funny thing, man. You know, you're right. You know, people, you know, look at they're going to judge me. You know what I mean? If I say something, you know. Um, so, yeah. And, and that happens a lot of times because a lot of times you if you open up about yourself or about your relationship sometimes, you know, now you are inviting other people's opinions into your relationship. You know, yeah. so some people kind of hide what they're going through or whatever's going on, you know, so it kind of works both ways. Kelvin, <laughs> Shauna says, Kelvin, are they still married? You know? Um, you know what? That's a very, very good question. And they, the, the oddly, they actually are, but it's, it's, it's kind of a medical thing that's going on. One is taking care of the other and it's, it's kind of tough, mm. you know, somebody has the good insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll tell you another thing that people don't understand also is this. Um, marriage doesn't make you whole. No, like you need to be a whole person before you get into it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people make the mistake of. Yeah. People think that that is a elixir that you want this person to kind of make you who you should be. You need yeah. to try to have some identity, and that's why Rodney said this um, early on when we started. Like you need to take some time. A certain age may help. A little seasoning in life may help. A little distance in life. You know, some people getting married out the gate. You know, my, my father was married with two kids with my mother when he was 18 years old. He was, you know, just coming out the Air Force, 22 years old, two kids or whatever like that. That was a different time. Different time. Today's 22-year-old yeah. is definitely not there. My father's a, a homeowner at 22. But, right. you know, the society doesn't lift itself to that now. So they had to kind of grow up in a different era, grow up fast, you know, and that's yeah. what it was. You know, another thing too, like, you know, a lot of people get married entirely for the wrong reasons. I think when we was having our meeting, Kelvin said, he said, there's a difference between a marriage and a and a wedding, right? That's what you said? Yes. And I think some people get caught up in the wedding and not realizing what's coming after that. The wedding is only one day. You're supposed to be spending long term with this person. Yeah. You got to be able to do that. You got to be able right. to build with this person, grow with this person. Right. Be able to sometimes forgive or be forgiven, you know? It's a, it's a lot of things with marriage. Marriage is not a joke. People don't realize that. And that's why when I tell my sons, I say, yo, you better not get married young. You better wait till you're in your 40s at least to get married, especially today's time. You guys are way behind, you know? And the yeah, things are getting been pushed back further yeah. and further with yeah. regards yeah. to that, you know? Try, yeah. try everything in the candy store. Listen, Uncle yes. D. Listen, <laughs> Uncle D. Ride all, all the flavors. Lick all, hey, lick, lick all the flavors. Lick all the flavors. You should, you should establish your career. Do all the things you want to do. Yeah. yeah. Touch the things you want to touch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you, know? yeah. yeah. you don't want to be in. the stop. Right. You don't want to be in prison. I had a friend told me that he used to drive around the block hoping the light would go out that she would sleep. 
Wow. Like, he'd hate to pull up. Like, wow. you know what I'm saying? That's not too well, far off from what I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I used to see that at work a lot. Like, oh, God. look at that. Hey, that's an idea right there. She said, yeah, we all need to write a book, chop it up, uh, couples edition. Hey, <laughs> talk to Jamie about that. Right. But, um, <laughs> the thing is, I used to see that at work a lot. You could tell the guys that worked that were having problems, they would find excuses to stay at work. Yeah. They, they were taking a rest from somebody yeah. else. They, real. They, they stand around and just talk to people and they already off. I'll yeah. be like, yo, look, that guy yeah. at home. Because in, in, in the real world, you dying to get out of there and get home. You know yeah, what I mean? Right? hope. You would think. Right. You know, you but think. the real job you is at home. Shit yeah. all day. You dying to get out of there. This dude's still yeah. hanging around all day. Yeah. And you can't, you can't circumvent misery. No. Like you can't. I had a friend tell me one time, Rodney, and I never forgot this. He said I was out with her and they weren't married, they were dating. He said that we was he said we was out at dinner. He said, and I was internally screaming at the top of my lungs. And I was like, that I mean, that's gotta be drunk. I mean, like he was just like he was so miserable with the person he was with. Wow. And he was like, I was I, I was I was thinking about the thought, like you literally are sitting there like, I hate <laughs> this situation. You know what I'm saying? He was there, yeah, he didn't marry her. But I, I remember just the, stage left. He can be out of that. Yeah, I don't know why he dealt with it that far, yeah. man. Yeah, that's absolutely. The, the, the illest thing I ever heard, right? I, I was talking to um a rookie officer one time, right? And um he was talking about his girlfriend. Now remember I said girlfriend, mm -hmm. and he was saying that, you know, um, Sarge, can I leave a little early because um I gotta go to a counseling session. I said, All right, everything all right? He said, Yeah, well, me and my girlfriend are going to counseling. Answer. Yeah, I said, wow, I shouldn't let your ass leave early. <laughs> because you know why? You a dummy. <laughs> you know? Now, if you had told me you was going to counseling with your wife, then that's a different story. But your girlfriend, dude, if you having problems where you need to go to counseling with a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship, that's obviously a cue that that's a relationship you don't need to be in. Exactly. Unless it's premarital counseling. No, it was not. It was counsel. Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I looked at them different ever since then. And right. guess what? I think maybe what six or seven months later they wound up breaking up anyway. Now you done paid all that money for counseling for none. You know what I, I, I equated to Rodney? Taking an inner tube with a hole in it and just putting air in it. Yeah. Like it it, it, it I don't care what how much air you put in it, it's not gonna work. It, it's just and the problem is once you recognize that. So what happens is all these safety yards, all these red flags, you constantly yeah. driving around them, you navigating through them, you ignoring them. You're ignoring signs. all the signs. There yeah. you go. There's a stop sign. There's a yeah. yield sign. There's a danger sign. All this stuff. And you're like, well, let's see what happens. I'm going to keep driving down this road Correct. until you hit that cliff. And then you find yourself on the 405 freeway in a white Bronco. That's why you got to make sure <laughs> you got to make sure <laughs> you obey your five. in the back of the Bronco with a gun to your head. That's what I'm saying. You know? oh that's what it is, you know. That's exactly what it is, D. So I know that the conversation evolved from what you started at, D, but as far as friends, you know what I'm saying? Uh, who's, the, who's the TLC? Somebody, what about your friends? Are they going to let you down? Like, in other words, you know, because I, I believe this. I've seen it where you as a friend go to somebody and they will flip on you. A yeah. friend will flip on you over the person they with. They will flip. Yeah. 
That's why you gotta be careful. What you saying? That's it. Nah. Keep my wife's name out. <laughs> <laughs> so y'all gotta choose her name for me and tell me that. Name. I wish. <laughs> damn, I got fucking uh, six more years. No, five, what, five more years of child support. Goddamn. <laughs> five so years of five years of five years and two months a day. <laughs> I ain't lying. This ain't jokes. This is true. <laughs> this is real life, man. This is real, man. <laughs> five years. Today's the first. Is five years and two months. I'm telling you now. I'm counting every month. Oh, like, I'm in, like I'm in jail. If you all can see this other wall, I got X's over X. Scratch the motherfuckers off, boy. Shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we almost to the end of the show, man. Let me see. We got a uh, watch it or chop it. So, uh, Cat Williams, World War Three was on Netflix. Start off kind of strong. Fade to black for me. I don't know. I wasn't really impressed. Start off. Then anybody else see it? I'm, I I did see it, D. And I'm gonna tell you something. I don't. I, I think what happens is this. Cat Williams said something a while ago, and um, I don't know if anybody saw it, but um. Netflix was doing this show with Arsenio Hall where he's interviewing people. And he interviewed Cat Williams. And he said, Cat, I never see you in any of the clubs. I never see you in any comedy clubs. I don't know where do you work your material. And Cat Williams, in typical Cat Williams form, is some answer like he doesn't need to work when you when you know who you are, when you know whatever. You don't I don't need to practice to give other comics the answers to the test type situation mm -hmm. so i think what happens is cat williams probably does not do working out he doesn't do that role work honing these things he just thinks he can just come out of the gate and just you know he'll tell you in a minute i have like 14 specials and all that stuff like that and i don't think something is a special just because you put together an hour worth of material and so what i think happens cat williams got on that stage you should just be happy to see Cat Williams. That's the event. So whatever I talk about, if I say it in this usual Cat Williams format or something like that, it should be funny. And I really think he got up there and really didn't have much to talk about. So I think the second half of the show, D, was pretty much some some like, you know, examples of stuff he was giving. But it wasn't anything that was really that relevant. And I think that's what it was. I don't think it was a great, you know. And, and remember, Cat Williams was the one that said, you can't tell me that Eddie Murphy is your favorite comedian when he ain't done comedy since the 80s. The reason he's some people's favorite comedians because they thought the stuff held up. But you can't just keep getting on the stage. And I saw Kevin Hart do the same thing. That what now I thought was the, was just, you know, because I'm a celebrity, I'm on stage. Y'all yeah. should think it's funny. And I just think some of them, I, I always said success to me is a detriment to a comedian, just like it is a boxer. Because you sometimes need to tell jokes like you broke. You need to tell jokes like you're still grinding. And when you're going home to mansions and, and Bentleys and all stuff like that, I don't know that you have the same desire to get out there on that road. And comedy is unforgiving. It's either funny or it's not. And in this case, I just think it was lukewarm. Or you could be just a star like Dave Chappelle, right? He's still, he's nobody's bigger than him. Right. Still, every time we come out, boom. Right. I, Right, he um, takes the craft so serious, but think about it. Think but he about works out, though. He works out, like Rudy right. said. You know that's what Rudy out. said today. In other words, he doesn't yeah. stop working. He'll yeah. hit a club, he, like he said. What are you in a trailer in a garage? Yeah, yeah, I, was, I, was, I was talking to Rudy. It was thirty. It might have been twenty, thirty people when, it, when Rudy was Rudy's up there. I was talking to him. It was a few days ago. He said it might be twenty, thirty people, and just working, just doing the shit. Right, and we're and I ain't starving on. He's doing it in front of other comedians. 
he's just shopping and shit all the time. So yeah, that's it. You know, that's you know Dave about to bring some more fire in a minute then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right, you about to say something? Yeah, I saw it. Um, I didn't think it was that funny. Um, I thought he had some good points that he brought up about some of the things that um were going on now. I think the biggest problem with that special is that the event the venue was entirely too big. Um, you couldn't hear the crowd. The stage was entirely too large. The sound was terrible. In the and correct. Too. The sound was bad, and yeah. the stage was humongous. And Cat Williams is already a already a small guy, <laughs> so I think it, it shouldn't have been shot there. Now I know you probably he probably you know sold the place out one to get as many tickets in there as possible, but I think when comedians shoot a special, it should be in a smaller venue so that you can hear the audience, see the audience, and feel the audience. So, and I don't think I think that. That special lacked it. I think he was basically trying to just pack people into the biggest thing he could find. And like I said, I didn't I didn't think it was that funny. I really didn't. I think, I that. think that's an excellent point, Rod. I, I agree with you. You know what I think makes a special really special? You remembering the bits. Correct. Yeah. The bits that that's some classic yeah. bits or yeah. whatever like that. Like like now. So if you take a bit like the jokes about the chicken wings and the thighs and stuff like that, it's just yeah, for a second it, it's a good setup, but mm -hmm. Where does it go? I mean, it's yeah. it's, 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 it's very it's a layup. It's very elementary. It's nothing. I think <laughs> the idea is smaller yeah. than Kevin Hart. Yeah. I think I think <laughs> I think. I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, now I feel guilty because now they're gonna get at us. Get at us. You know. I, I think Chappelle is making people think, and yeah. I think he's raising the bar. I think that's the level. I think the slapstick comedy era is dying i think the day of the ignorant comedian is dying i think he's just really making people think yeah. um and realize you could be smart you could be thought-provoking you could be funny and i think that's the difference mm -hmm. the ignorant comedian i live on social media yeah yeah Good and, point. And, and to add to my my point um if to me the most funniest thing that's out right now is earthquake legendary right, right? it's hilarious <laughs> you cannot stop laughing i was actually in pain from laughing but the thing is if you look at where he shot that, to me, that's a perfect shoot for a special. Small, all it, all the lights and cameras is on him. You can see see the audience just a little bit, and all the attention is on him. He's not walking across a stage that's a mile long. That's that's yeah. not cool. Yeah, that's not, but yeah, see, that's, see, that's but earthquake too. works out all the time. Yes. And earthquake actually has a level of humility. If you ever watch him, him being interviewed, right? Mm -hmm. Pat Williams is quick to tell you how big he is. Cat Williams is quick to tell you that he don't need to do this, he don't need to do that, and Netflix does it. In other words, he always does that. So I think part of what he's giving you is, I'm giving you Cat Williams, and you need to be happy just seeing that. And mm -hmm. anything I say, because I say it, laugh at it. Yeah, yeah. Even if I do no work to do it. Because I don't see, I've not heard one comedian talking about they don't do the club. And they getting ready for something. Not one. Everybody got to work out. You got to try it on them audiences. And he told us, then he don't have to do that. Yeah. So if you're standing in your mirror and you're the only one there that you think is funny, it may not be funny to everybody else. Cat Williams is producing and putting his own stuff out, right? I'm assuming. So. Well, he was the executive producer of that, but he still was on Netflix. So they, they well, still must have thought he was bankable. Well, he could do he the is, project. He is, he could, he he, you could still shoot the project and then you go sell it to them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, you must not have seen it first. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, if you have a lot of money, you can make a special happen. You 
basically he has the following and if he can convince some place like netflix to pick it up he already owns it he already did it he already shot it they don't have to do no work they just got to cut a deal no they yeah. already know they already know who his demographic is they already know right. he's bankable they don't have to right. watch it they don't okay. think our shit is that funny anyway so right. you know, they're gonna laugh at the jokes they're just they gonna say oh, cat williams. yeah put him out yeah put him out yeah. it's cat williams yeah yeah. Yeah. Moses, their money, not mine. I feel that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with that said, ladies and gentlemen, this show is about to come to conclusion. We want to say that we love y'all. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter again. And we want to say thanks for watching. Peace, peace, and peace. <laughs>